Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special. Live from Big Al's in Vancouver. With the first pick in the NFL Draft. Travis and Chad get you ready for your team's picks and break down the biggest headlines from the 2017 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select the mighty Oakland Raiders. Select. The Seattle Seahawks select. There's no place like Big Al's. Never a bad seat in the house for the game. And a place who can bring the whole family. Now, here's Travis and Chad on the Rip City Drive. All right, 301 Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of Blazers, Rip City Radio. The NFL Draft is here. More on that in just a moment. Right now, we're giving you the sixth man a chance to win $1,000. Text WIN, W-I-N, right now to 200-200. Get a confirmation text. Standard message and data rates apply. That's WIN, W-I-N to 200-200. WIN to 200-200, W-I-N, for your chance at $1,000. Hey, Travis, the NFL Draft, your favorite day of the year, and we're here at Big Al's. I love this place. My kids love this place. This is a great place to come and check out the draft. Uh, it is. We got a lot of good stuff here, Chad. First of all, we've got prizes. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock. We've got a bunch of DVDs here. We've got, uh, or I guess Blu-rays it would be if you want to be snobbish about it. We've got an advanced screening to see Guardians of the Galaxy on Monday at the Bridgeport Cinemas. We've got tickets to Sir Mix-a-Lot. We've got tickets to Seether which I will be at that show, and we have tickets to New Kids on the Block with Paula Abdul and Boys to Men at the Moda Center. So we have all of that stuff to give away right here at our little table. Also, Big Al's, that uh, they've got registration now for a summer of free bowling. Kids 15 and under get two free games every day from May 30th through September 1st. Uh, so also check out their family pass as an option, and also the best happy hour in the Northwest. Half-off appetizers till 6 o'clock tonight. I just won $200 or 200 tickets on deal or no deal for Kaylee, so she'll be happy about that. Uh, you got to get out here. This is the place to be for the NFL draft. It's going to be awesome. We are here until 6 o'clock. So, Travis, with the draft, let's get right to the latest now. The Cleveland Browns are picking at number one, and this news came down uh, just recently. According to several sources, it looks like the Browns have settled on a player. There's been division within the front office with the coaching staff in terms of what they want to do at number one. Will they go Miles Garrett, the uh, defensive end out of Texas A&M, the consensus number one player in the draft, or will they go quarterback? Something they need, Mitch Trubisky out of North Carolina is their guy. It looks like they're going to settle in and take Miles Garrett. What's your reaction to that news? Well, I'm, I'm glad, first of all, watching a lot of the coverage this morning on NFL Network and whoever's left at ESPN, uh, it seemed like the consensus was – that it was going to be Mitch Trubisky, and I'm thinking they are going to royally screw this up like they do everything else. And then maybe about 1.30, 2 o'clock, the news started to come in that they have made their decision, that they've known for two weeks, and it is going to be Miles Garrett. There are other trade options in there. I think it's the smart move. I mean, you, you, you can't take a quarterback when you don't have anything else because you will fail. If there's nobody to protect the quarterback, I don't care how good you are, how quick your release is, you're going to struggle. If you can't stop anybody on defense, 
you're going to struggle. You've got to build the foundation of your team unless you've got an Andrew Luck-type guy that you think can be the guy, and there's no question about it. If there is, then you've got to go get that guy, and I don't think the Browns, or at least some people within the Browns organization, believe that he is that guy. Maybe they can get him at 5 if they trade up with Tennessee. Maybe they can get him at 12 if they trade, or you know, if they keep that spot there. But they've got to go defense first. I think they will. All right, so Cleveland, it looks like, according to several reports that are out now, will go Miles Garrett at number one. So after that, Trav, the big story brewing right now in round number one is the Tennessee Titans, who sit right now currently at number five. And the key there is there are several teams who want to move up to that number five spot um, to pick the player that they want. Denver is one of those teams. Maybe Cleveland. There are other teams involved. What do you think is going to happen here with Tennessee sitting at five and a lot of teams vying for that spot so they can get the player they want? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what the perception is that the Jets are going to do at six. Because if the perception is that the Jets are going to go get a quarterback at six, whether it's Deshaun Watson or if Mitchell Trubisky is available, then that number five pick for Tennessee becomes much more enticing. And if if teams are looking to trade up to get Trubisky, the Titans, I mean, they, they don't need that pick at number five. They still have a bunch of holes they need to fill on that team. And if they're looking corner, which I think they are looking corner, You don't need to get a corner in this year's draft in the top five. You can get one in the top 15, even the top 20, and still end up with a really good corner. So they're in a luxurious spot for them where they can afford to trade that spot, trade down in the first round, wherever that's going to be, maybe get another second-round pick, maybe get a third and a fourth, whatever it is, but stockpile some of those picks because if it seems like the Jets are going to take a quarterback, somebody is going to get desperate and trade up to number five to get whoever their guy might be. But a lot of the mocks don't have the Jets taking a quarterback. They have uh, Christian Hackenberg, their second-round pick from a couple of years ago. They've got Geno Smith right now. That's that's about it to go along with Bryce Petty, who got some starts at the end of the year. None of those guys are starting caliber quarterbacks, but if they think they've got somebody in mind or maybe there's a different spot they can go, that's going to dictate what happens with people getting a, a little bit desperate and trading up to number five with the Titans to uh, go ahead and, and try and, and make that pick. All right, so one of the teams, my Broncos, are one of those teams rumored to move up to number five. And I would assume in that spot for number five, it would probably be Christian McCaffrey going to the Broncos. His dad, Ed, the great receiver, played there. Uh, we know that the Broncos need playmakers on offense outside of their uh, two receivers. What do you think about the Broncos possibly moving up to take McCaffrey? Would that make sense in that spot? Because they need tackles, they need offensive linemen, but this is not a draft known for offensive linemen right now. Again, it really depends on on what you want. You know at six, the odds are the Jets are not going to take that spot. Matt Forte is not a long-term option, but they have other things that they need outside of that running back spot, so they're not going to take him at six, but the Jets aren't going to move. Because there are guys they really want at six. The Chargers like Christian McCaffrey, but if Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen is available to go along with Joey Bosa on the defensive side, they're going to use that pick. They're not going anywhere. You could see Carolina, who really wants Christian McCaffrey. We'll get into that a little bit later. But you could see them move up a few spots to number five. So if you know six, seven, and eight could are likely going to stay where they are if they're not moving up into that spot. You can't trade with six, you can't trade with seven, and you're not going to trade with eight, and that's the guy that you want, i go ahead and make that move. I like where the Titans sit. They could be, like you said, if they can get other teams to drive up the price for that number five spot, they could walk away with a lot of assets to continue to build. Yeah, that is that is a really key spot. I think that's the fulcrum of the first round of the draft. 
regardless of what happens at one or two or three, you, I, I don't think you're going to see the Jaguars take Trubisky. They're still waiting for somebody around Blake Bortles to do something. I like Blake Bortles. I just don't think he has any protection in the offensive line. Yes, they need a running back. If they go that direction and put Leonard Fournette there, I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think they trade that pick, and I don't think they draft Trubisky. So I think you're you're set for the most part with one through four of teams that aren't going to take a quarterback in that spot, and then everything after five, that sets the tone for the entire rest of the first round. You know what's weird about this news with the Browns apparently going to take Miles Garrett with the number one pick? Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay both put out their final mock drafts today. They both have the Browns taking Trubisky at number one at quarterback. I saw a lot of that this morning because, again, if you think, look, so they got 12 right now. If they don't move and they're picking at number one and they're picking at number 12 and they love Trubisky, they're going to find a way to get him. If that means at number one, okay. If that means trading up to number five, okay. But if that's your guy, think about this, Chad. If there's something that you really, really want and you think it's the perfect thing, Second best isn't going to work, right? Because you've got your heart set on that. It's one thing if it's the second or third round, but if it's the first round and you've got your heart set on that, let's take a trip back in time to 1998. The team that was picking number one in the draft was the Indianapolis Colts, right? If for whatever reason, you know, they didn't, you know, take that pick, take Peyton Manning, they're ending up with the other guy who happened to be Ryan Leaf. There's a big difference there, okay? Then you go to 2012. It was between two quarterbacks, and it was Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III. The Colts, again, really wanted Andrew Luck. They got him. Now, you could have made the debate at the time. Right now, there's no debate between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. There's no debate between Andrew Luck and RG3. A couple of years ago, you had two first-round quarterbacks go number one and number two with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Right now, both of those look like they're pretty solid picks. Again, 2004, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger are all taken in the top seven. But if there's someone that you really, really want, there's no guarantee that the other guy is going to be the guy. Not that your guy is absolutely going to be, but you've got to do what you have to do to get your guy because there's no settling for second best. It's 310. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We're live here from Big Al's in Vancouver. We'll be here until 6 o'clock for the first round of the NFL Draft. Stop by and join us. Half-price appetizers up until 6 o'clock. So let's walk through this now, and I want you to give me a projection on the top five picks, assuming that Miles Garrett goes number one to Cleveland. So let's say that happens. The Browns make the smart play and take Garrett at number one. What do you think the 49ers are going to do at number two? I, I think they go – they're going defense. Okay, They're not picking a quarterback. They're, they're going so you don't defense. buy any of that smoke screen about offense there for the Niners? No, I don't. And it's basically between Jamal Adams and Solomon Thomas at this point. If you're the Niners, you have so many needs on defense. What is a bigger impact – Right now, I think it's on the defensive line. I personally would take Solomon Thomas. He is your favorite player in the draft. Right, and and even if he wasn't my favorite player, that's where I go. But just the the consensus seems like it's going to be Jamal Adams. That's probably where the Niners end up going, even though I I don't think that's a great pick, but it's still a very good pick. Then what about the Chicago Bears at number three? Again, you've got the same question. It depends on who they like more. Do they like Solomon Thomas or do they like Jonathan Allen more? And I'm hearing both things. Again, my, my choice is Solomon Thomas, but I think they're going to end up going with Jonathan Allen there at three. Jaguars at number four. I, I think it's Leonard Fournette. I think that's sealed. It's done. It's Leonard Fournette. They don't have a guy in the backfield that can help out. They've got good receivers, right? They've got a good quarterback, in my opinion. 
Uh, they don't have a good running back. I think they have to go with Leonard Fournette there. Their defense is solid. Their biggest weakness outside of offensive line is running back, and there's not an offensive lineman that you can justify in the top four. Now, a guy you know really well, Tom Coughlin, you know, he's a guy that when he originally, you know, started with the Jags, he had a, uh, a bell cow in Fred Taylor. Leonard Fournette is kind of that guy that you can just give carries to game after game after game. How much influence do you think he will have in that pick of being Fournette? I think he'll have some impact because, he look, the guy's won two Super Bowls, and he took an expansion Jaguars team to two AFC championship games in the span of, what, four years? Yeah. Uh, uh, two years. Uh, three, three years, 1997 and 1999. So he knows what he's doing, and he's not that far removed from today's game. Yes, he's an older guy, but he's not out of touch. All right, finally at number five, the Titans. Will they take a player? If so, who will it be? Or do you think they're going to trade and get assets in return to whoever wants to move up to number five. If they take a player, I'm shocked if it's not Mike Williams. I think he is so good. And the, the thing about the combination of Marcus Mariota and Mike Williams together, I mean, that that is a combination that you could see for a long, long, long time. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. But I don't think they keep the pick. I'd be surprised if they, don't, if they keep it. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We're live from Big Al's in Vancouver. Get your tails on out here and join us. Half-price appetizers up until 6. We're going to take in the first round. We're going to be on air. You can stop by and say hi. We have great prizes for you. Now, the Seattle Seahawks, they need a lot of help, and the draft is going to give them a chance to improve as they get ready for a new year. We're going to talk with Jason Puckett from uh, 950 KJR up in Seattle up next. It's 313, the Rip City Drive with Travis to chat on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. It's the Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special, live from Big Al's in Vancouver. All right, 320, Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We are live from Big Al's in Vancouver. We got half-price appetizers for you from now up until 6 o'clock. Get on out here and join us for the NFL Draft. First round coming up tonight. All right, Travis, one of the other big stories right now, aside from what the Browns are going to do at number one, and it looks like, according to reports, they're going to go Miles Garrett. But there's a lot of steam right now, and I've seen several different stories, and it goes something like this. Christian McCaffrey is the perfect pick for the Carolina Panthers at eight. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Christian McCaffrey, by the way, you got to love him, right? He's all football. Well, I know you love him, number one, because he's Ed McCaffrey's kid. That's and number one in my he, book. If he went to Denver, <laughs> he would immediately be your Yusuf Nurkic of the NFL. That is correct, because he's easy Ed's dad. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So I, I, I've seen those reports, too, and I talked to a buddy of mine in Carolina who's got some good contacts with the team. And, look, Christian McCaffrey is – he's a robot, right? I mean, this is the guy who's going to be in bed at 8 o'clock every night. He's just football, football, football. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk with him, Chad. I have a couple of times got to meet him at, at Pac-12 Media Day. I mean, th- this is the, the perfect – professional now you you always wonder if there's something else in there but nobody has been able to poke holes in anything about this guy his game his personal life his demeanor his work ethic all of those things seem to be perfect so you look at what carolina needs and we'll get more to that in a little bit what they need more than anything is somebody offensively that can be another star that can balance out some of the issues that cam newton has upstairs 
It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get more thoughts from Travis on that. Let's go to the phones right now. This guy here, a good friend. You know him from his days in Portland now with 950 KJR up in Seattle. It's Jason Puckett with the uh, Rip City Drive. Travis and Chad here on Rip City Radio. What's up, JJ? What's up, boys? How you guys doing? Good. Uh, you know, Travis, he loves the draft. We're looking forward to it. And are you going to be out there at the Seahawks facility? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, just uh, headed out there uh, right now. They'll uh, see at what point that they will uh, trade out of the first round. But I'm more concerned just about what is the spread like tonight? I mean, what kind of food are we getting? Prime rib? There's some type of like, um, you know, lasagna dish. That's really the most thing, the, the biggest thing I'm concerned about. <laughs> I would imagine it would be better than the, uh, the, the the kind of scrap pile that we got at the Blazer game four the other night. It was like all of the things that they had left over because they knew it was going to be the last really? game. It's like, hey, let's just put this out there. There was like burgers and some random shrimp and pasta dish and chicken fingers. That's disappointing, Trav, because I mean, when I when I was down there covering the team, that was like always the best the best food spread was at Blazer games. Has it, has it taken yeah. a step back in, in recent well, years? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, oh, game really? three is when they went all out. <laughs> nice. You always go big on game three. Yeah, exactly. All right, so what's what's the buzz right now? I mean, everybody that we've talked to from Seattle expects, you know, the, the running joke that they're going to trade out of the first round. But yeah. what do you expect? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'd honestly be stunned if they if they don't because that's just, you know, that's just what they do for the most part. Um, if they don't trade out of the first round, they'll trade down. I mean, I just think it, it's they're going to probably not stay put at 26 because – you know, John Schneider just loves to get more draft picks. So I think that, you know, they've got five with, what, five of the first 105, 106 picks, I think. But they don't have, you know, they don't have a pick in the fourth round, don't have a pick in the fifth round. They do have three in the third round. But yeah, I think they love those two rounds. So I just expect them to do something in terms of, of being able to acquire more picks. Uh, I think they only have seven. You know, they're going to want more than that. They've never had less than eight. I believe so. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to kind of agree with everyone. I just, I'd be shocked if they stay at number twenty-six. Hey, Jason. The one thing I admire about Seattle more than anything is the synergy that exists between uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider. They, they've done well together in the draft. They always come up with a plan and they stick to that. So overall, what do you think is their main objective going into the draft tonight? What, what are the most important things they want to accomplish? I thought you were, I thought you were going to say uh, Chad the collective effort to like the Seattle City Council not to not to ever get the NBA back here. I thought that's where kind of where you're going. <laughs> you appreciate about Seattle the most. Um, the uh, well, yeah, they're they are you know they're two peas in a pod. Those two. I mean, they really do go step and step in terms of of how they think. And it's odd because if people remember, I mean, Pete Carroll was hired first. He was the head coach and then president of the football operations, and then John Schneider came came aboard as a general manager, I mean, for the most part, it usually doesn't work that way. I mean, it's usually the general manager and then the head coach is hired, but you know, they are, they are very much uh, in this thing together. They think alike. Um, you know, I don't think Pete Carroll's not breaking it down as much as, you know, John is and his staff, but uh, they, they rarely, I mean, if ever disagree with any of the picks, at least publicly, I've, I've never seen it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it makes for, 
you know, a good, a good working environment. There's no friction, I think, between the two where you have like the football side saying, no, we, we want this particular player. And then the, you know, the, the scouting side, which is headed by John saying, well, no, no, we, we want this guy. Uh, they pretty much uh, are on the same page every single year. When you look at this on Sunday after everything's done, what is going to make a successful draft this year? Well, they got to get they got to get a starting quarterback uh, for sure. You know that would be the one area where they maybe they wouldn't trade the twenty six pick or, or you know they, they could move up. I mean, or move down in in terms of you know just a few spots if they wanted to acquire another pick but still get their guy. But you know I, I'd expect them to come out of here with with most likely a starting quarterback because they need someone obviously opposite Richard Sherman. You know because they've got guys that are you know Deshaun Shed tore his ACL and you guys know Shed from his days in Portland State he tore his ACL during you know the playoff game and then you know Jeremy Lane had a disappointing season they've got to find some help on the offensive line but that I mean my god that's rinse and repeat for the last five years with this team uh, I would assume that they would find some help at linebacker uh, the strong side linebacker spot for sure and then I think you can never have enough depth on the defensive line uh, they need help with the defensive tackles, but this is a passing league as well, so you need defensive ends. So, I mean, uh, priorities would be cornerback, uh, offensive lineman, uh, linebacker, and then probably, I'll just say as a whole, uh, defensive line. We're talking with Jason Puckett from 950 KJR up in Seattle. Uh, speaking of cornerbacks, a couple of the experts we have spoken with, they really like Kevin King out of Washington with his size and the way he would fit the scheme in Seattle. What are your thoughts on Kevin King? Well, as a Coug, I'm glad that he's gone finally, for the love of God. It was just uh, disastrous <laughs> to me and my uh, my Saturdays in the Apple Cup, which uh, watching him destroy us. So, so good riddance to him. Uh, if he lands uh, with the Seahawks, I mean, it's it's it just looks like a perfect Seattle draft pick in terms of a cornerback. I mean, he's six three, two hundred pounds. I mean, that's just, that's what they want. They have a, you know, they have a criteria in terms of arm length and and height. They've I'm trying to think of the arm length is again. Is it 32 or 33? You know, they never take a guy that's less than that. They never have taken a guy on the outside that's less than six feet tall. So, um, yeah, he fits that profile. And you know, I think, you know, in, in watching a lot of Husky football in the last few years, you know, I always thought that Kevin King was more impressive than Sidney Jones. That was just me. Um, now, maybe it was because Kevin King had more opportunities because they were throwing to his side a little bit more than Sidney Jones, but I don't know. He just always looked very impressive to me. He always made big plays. He's got long arms. He's tall. He, he, he's you know he's your kind of prototypical, you know press you know press cover corner at the line of scrimmage, and that's what they covered. So, yeah, I think that'd be a perfect fit for Seattle. You mentioned the offensive line, but I want to get your thoughts on um, you know what what Luke Jokel means. I mean, the, everybody was disappointed with him after being drafted where he was, and. I gotta be honest. I haven't watched a ton of what he did in Jacksonville. I just read what other people are saying. It's generally not good. So, what what exactly does that mean for the Seahawks? Well, I hope that he's good. I mean, I, he's just. I mean, <laughs> God. I mean, he, you talk about a guy taking second overall. I mean, think about this. I mean, how many teams? How many teams have the what? What, what class was that? 2013. How many teams have the second and third overall draft picks on their team? You know, they've got, you know, now they've got Jokel and they got Deion Jordan. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, Jokel, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's a reach. It's, a, it's a, definitely like a, a reclamation project with him. You know, he wasn't good as a tackle, wasn't good as a guard. You know, they're going to put him out at, at tackle and see if he could, 
you know, somehow, some way, you know, find that skill set in him that made him the second overall pick coming out of A&M. He was a, he was a big time prospect. I mean, you're taking second overall for a reason. I think the good news on him is that he's still relatively young and, and hopefully maybe that he still has something in the tank. You take a flyer on him. Not they vastly overpaid for him. What is it? Six, 7 million guaranteed. I mean, that's just insane that they did that, but they're desperate because they put themselves in this position to uh, because they've drafted poorly at that spot. They haven't developed offensive linemen, so they're forced to overpay somebody like Luke Jokel. So I think their hope is that he takes over that left, left tackle spot. George Fan, who played last year, the uh, the basketball player, they hope, you know, let him sit on the bench for a while. You know, Fan then eventually comes in and, you know, in, and, um, in a, you know, a year or two and can be the left tackle, then maybe Jokel can be a guy that's, you know, kind of a swing guy for you. But, you know, I think that they're, they're crossing their fingers that he takes over at the left tackle spot and is a starter from day one. I mean, he'll be a starter. I just don't know if it's going to be at left tackle or left guard. I mean, they're paying him too much money uh, to sit him on the bench. He's on Twitter at Jason Puckett 20. He's with 950 KJR up in Seattle. Jason Puckett with Travis and Chad on the Rip City Drive here on Rip City Radio. Hey, Jay, enjoy your time tonight at the facility and uh, enjoy your lasagna dish. Are you guys on that? You guys are on location right now. Are you guys at Mary's or where are you at? We're uh, we're we're at Big Al's in Vancouver. Oh, oh, Big Al's in Vancouver. Is it Mary's yeah. after Big Al's or what's the deal? <laughs> no, that's 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 usually the Friday night activity. Okay. You know, we want to wait till the weekend uh, for that. Yeah, that's, I know Travis. He, Travis still has his picture up on the wall at Mary's. I'm told. Hey, you know what? So sometimes you 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 just become part of the the culture. <laughs> that's good. Hey, everyone's got to have something, right? Thanks, boys. Exactly. I appreciate it. Have a good time. You got it. Appreciate Thanks. it, Jason. Jason Puckett, 950 KGR up in Seattle. Uh, a few years ago when I went up to the uh, Seahawks facility for the draft, yeah. I walked into the uh, training table, and I-, I learned a couple of different things. One, I was blown away. I walked around the corner, and they had the food service out. There's an entire wall of different nutrition bars. There's a cooler full with all these different types of nutrition drinks. So I just walked in with my backpack and I was like, okay, I'll take this. I just filled up my bag. It was incredible. But I learned through that process that Mike Holmgren, when he was the head coach, he saw players coming to practice during camp who were hitting the uh, fast food restaurants. And he got tired of the way that the players were feeding themselves. So that's when he went to Paul Allen and they came up with the concept of the entire uh, facility that they have right now. So the training table, and we got a chance to experience this at media. The players walk in, so depending on what position you play, Trav, you know exactly how many, uh, what to eat, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and it's all set up so that players are getting the best possible nutrition to take care of themselves. And that's part of the advantage of having an owner like Paul Allen because he's going to pump money into making sure that his players have the best. And the Seahawks, of course, uh, tonight looking to continue to add in the draft. So after what you heard from Jason, do you expect the Hawks to trade out of the first round, or do you think they're going to go cornerback? There's no doubt they need a starting corner to play alongside Richard Sherman if they don't trade him. Well, again, I think a lot of it has to do with what what's available because it comes down to what do you want. Everybody's got a draft board, right? And the way that it's set up, you've got things that you know, players rated ahead of other players, and we can get into that conversation in a little bit. But if there is a guy that, that is a value for you at 26 – 
that maybe you've got him in your top 15, and he's sitting there at cornerback. Like maybe somebody slips. Maybe they have Kevin King higher up on, on their board than, than some other teams do. I don't know. But maybe you're sitting there, and, and somebody drops for some reason. I mean, I've seen Kevin King go as high as 15. Uh, but if he's sitting there at 26, and you've got him rated higher, take him. If there's somebody that just doesn't fit, the Seahawks aren't in love with, we've seen it before. We've seen it just about every year. They're going to move that pick. And at the back end of the first round, you never know who's going to be available that other teams will want. There's always going to be somebody who wants to trade up. Teams will trade up in the sixth round two spots to pick the guy that they want. There's always somebody willing to trade with you. So if the value isn't there for them at 26, they'll move that spot. 334, Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We're live from Big Al's in Vancouver. Half-price appetizers all the way up until 6. Get out here and enjoy the uh, first round of the NFL draft. We've got prizes for you, so when you come by, we're right up here in front by the TVs. Stop by and say hi. So I want to go back. I want you to finish your thought on something we were talking about before yeah. Jason joined us. Carolina at 8. Everyone seems to think that Christian McCaffrey is the perfect fit for the Carolina Panthers. Finish your thought on what McCaffrey would bring to their offense, in particular their quarterback, Cam Newton. Well, look, you think about Cam Newton, and a lot of times he's a mental midget. The year they went to the Super Bowl, Cam Newton was he was not only awesome, but off the field he was exactly the guy that, that you would want your team leader to be. The difference between 2014 Cam Newton, 2016 Cam Newton, and 2015 Cam Newton is they were winning football games. He is a little crybaby when they lose football games. And he brings the rest of his team down with him. You need somebody on that team who isn't just going to be there. You need someone who is a star that can help Cam Newton be the person and the player that you need. The wide receiver situation right now is not good. Kelvin Benjamin, who has had injury issues, Devin Funches, both those guys are very good, but outside of that, you don't have a whole lot of options. Your running backs, Jonathan Stewart is getting to the end of his career. He is 30 years old. Cameron Artis Payne is a young guy, but he's not an every-down type of back. Christian McCaffrey is the kind of guy that can extend drives, that he can be, um, you know, your kind of your Deion Lewis, like he, and obviously they're different size guys, but like what, what he is to Tom Brady, the guy who Tom Brady can check down to and get those short completions, and he can take it and run for 20 or 25 yards. That's something that, that, that Christian McCaffrey can do, that he can extend drives, and we all know that extending drives leads to scoring points, leads to winning football games. So that's one part of it. It's the kick returning ability. It's the punt returning ability. It's the ability to run the football, to line up in the slot, to catch the football. His strength, and again, going back to what we talked about earlier, his work ethic. He is a choir boy. There is nothing wrong that anybody can find with this dude. I mean, people have been digging, trying to find every skeleton in the closet they could, and there aren't any. There, there's nothing there. So he is the, the type of guy that you want. He's the type of player that you want, and he's so versatile. And Carolina just has a lack of weapons right now offensively. He is the guy. If he's available at 8, they're going to get him. And they might even consider trading up to 5 to get him. How much added value do you get with a guy like McCaffrey, aside from being able to run the football? You can line up and line him up in the slot. He can re- return punts and kicks as well. I mean, he is – I think he's the most versatile offensive player in the draft. Wow. He, he is fast. He is strong. And he's smart. And he can play a bunch of different positions. I bet you if he if you needed him to line up a tight end, he would and he could do it. I bet you if you needed him to block as a tight end, he would line up there and he could do it. If you said to him, hey, go play guard. We don't have anybody left. He would go do it. He, he is – I think he's a perfect fit on any team, to be honest. But in Carolina, they have – 
they have such an issue with talented skill position players and you need somebody to you know to kind of balance out what what cam newton is going to do with his issues upstairs now going back to cam newton for just a moment when you when you say that cam newton is a mental midget you're talking about all the stuff off the field in terms of how he handles losing how he carries himself after losses we know about the meltdown he had after the super bowl loss to the broncos you're talking about all the things that quarterbacks are supposed to be not just on but off the field in terms of leadership. I don't think he's a very resilient player. I think it's not just off the field. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Field with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly what you just said. But you see his body language on the field. Coming off the field in the sidelines. Especially in, in tight situations. Late in games. That, that's, he needs somebody to hold him accountable. And he doesn't have anybody to hold him accountable right now. Ron Rivera is not going to hold him accountable. There's nobody on that team right now to hold him accountable. He needs an equal on that team to be able to hold him accountable. And it's it doesn't have to come from a, a veteran. It can come from the right guy. The NFL draft is coming up here in just over an hour. Travis and I are here at Big Al's in Vancouver. Stop by and join us. We're here until 6 o'clock on the air. we got prizes for you and half-price appetizers all the way up until 6 o'clock. We're going to be joined by... Eric Bjornsson, former Husky and Super Bowl champ at four. He'll explain to us what his draft day experience was like. But up next, it's time to go around the NBA. Now, you Blazer fans out there have asked me, what would be the perfect player or the ideal player in this year's draft for the Blazers to take? Travis has got that answer for you next when we go around the NBA. It's 339. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. It's time to go around the NBA. Back to Westbrook, long angle left, 20 for three. The buzzer getting a thunder money ball. Travis and Chad get you up to speed on what's happening on and off the floor. From camp to the finals. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Summer League. This has been a Vegas Summer League classic. The draft. The Portland Trailblazers select. And practice. It's around the NBA on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by Family Chiropractic at Northwest Wellness Center. Visit nwwellnesscenter.org. All right, every day at this time, Travis and I go around the NBA right here on Rip City Radio for news and notes from the association. Now, before we get to the ideal player in your mind for the Blazers to draft, because I keep getting that question, I want to give out special props to Blazers owner Paul Allen. I love Paul Allen. I think he's the perfect owner for the Trailblazers. He's got a lot of money. Uh, he's willing it, to spend it on the team, and he wants to win. You, you want He's everything you want in an owner. But yesterday, check this uh, headline out from CNN. This just really pissed me off. And it's like, hey, Schmendricks, show respect to Paul Allen, or I'm going to punch you in your face. The man, check this out, the man who co-founded Microsoft with Bill Gates has pledged $30 million to house uh, homeless uh to a Seattle's homeless house to help out with the homeless up in Seattle. Yeah. The man. It's like, hey, idiots, you schmendricks, you. The man 
is Paul Allen. Show respect. It's like he's one of the most successful people in our country, and they're going to call him the man. That drove me crazy. I just thought that was awesome. Paul <laughs> Allen, he's not the guy to go out there looking Love to you uh, get, get fired praise. Up, man. That stuff drives me crazy. It's like, come on, CNN. Show respect to Paul Allen, you clowns. $30 million to a homeless uh, house up in Seattle. Paul Allen's always doing these little things outside of the news, not looking for attention to help out, and I just think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you go along with things like that, and then the story yesterday that C.J. McCollum is in the you know the humanitarian award for the NBA finalist yesterday. There's some good things coming out of one center court if you look hard enough. Not bad for a team that apparently has culture issues. I know. I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 347, it's the Rip City Dive with Travis and Chad around the NBA. Now, Trav, this question is something I get a lot, and I've gotten it a lot over the last couple of days since the end of the Blazers' season. But with the draft coming up, we expect the Blazers with three first-round picks to at least, they're going to take one guy. So in your mind, if you can take one player out of the draft, who is the perfect fit for the Blazers in this year's NBA draft? Are we talking in general or where they could be picking or where they are picking right now? Both. Uh, It's tough because I don't think, and I've said this before, I don't think there is an elite player right now in the NBA. Look, some of these guys, Markel Fultz, Josh Jackson, Lonzo Ball. You're talking about elite players in the draft right now. Right, right, right. Uh, Those guys in two years could be big-time difference makers, right? There aren't a lot of rookies in general that come in and have huge years. Joel Embiid this year, when he was healthy, had a a really good stretch for those, like, four games that he was healthy, but he also missed two years. The next best guy on the list was Dario Saric, who was a draft pick a couple of years ago. So you, you've got a couple of really good players there that had impacts this year, but the, the biggest impact from these players is going to be two, three, four, five, six years from now when they develop into something. So if you're looking for someone to come in today and help you today in the position that you need, it's going to be really hard to find. So if, if you're asking me who is today for the 2017-2018 season, the guy that could come in and be that guy, I think there's one. One guy. One guy. Okay, I'm just going to tell you what I want, and I don't know if the Blazers are going to be able to find the veteran or not. So if that's the case, I would want a power forward. That's exactly how I'm looking at it. So I I look at it, and when I look at a power forward, I look at a guy who can play defense. Yes. Who can play offense, who has the basic foundation and building blocks of someone who doesn't need to be really groomed, who can step in, rebound the basketball, play some D, score a little bit, someone who's physical, someone who's tough, someone who has size, and who's not going to be pushed around. If I said that that guy was available at 15, what would you say? Take him. Yeah. Now, let's say that that translates into seven rebounds, seven points, a block, or seven-tenths of a block in 18 to 20 minutes a game. And brought you some toughness from a, from a rookie in year one. That would work for me. Okay, That guy is John Collins. He is the sophomore power forward uh, out of Wake Forest. And we, we didn't hear much about him because he was on a team that didn't really get much run in the NCAA tournament. So you're not going to hear a lot about that. But what I like about him is the fact that he's not scared. And the one thing that I've heard over and over and over again, and I did watch some Wake Forest play, maybe because I bet on them, but I did watch a little bit of Wake Forest this year. And what impressed me the most is 
he's not scared of anybody else. He brings that toughness that allows him to be gritty and get rebounds and be a force. And adding that to what the Blazers have in Yusuf Nurkic and Farouk at times, I think he's... He, he's in some ways like Farouk, but he's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit stronger, and he's got a little bit more of a personality to him. All right, cool. John Collins, Wake Forest. That is the player that Travis is looking at, where the Blazers are going to be picking from, a player that could come in and be a difference maker. Not a big-time difference maker from the start, but give him one to two years, and this guy could be legitimate. Yeah, I think he, he is a player right away, and a rotational player right away and i think in two years he is your starting power forward all right next up and this is related to the draft this number here blew me away what's up with a hundred and ninety two players declaring themselves eligible for the nba draft i read an article earlier today that said if you think it's stupid that 192 players declared for the nba draft then you're stupid and it was a legitimate article on a, on a place that I really trust. Think about this. How many draft picks are there in the NBA draft, Chad? What is it, like 60? 60. This is 192 players that counts underclassmen, basically anybody who's not a senior, and uh, European players. There's 192. That doesn't count seniors. That does not count seniors in the draft. So if you only took this group of foreign players, the international guys, and freshmen, sophomores, and juniors in college, you're going to have 132 players who will not be drafted this year. And if you're someone who's getting a, a projected mid to late second round, maybe, why the hell are you coming out of school? Why would you? Why not stay another year, get another year of seasoning, improve your draft status so you can make more money the next year? It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I understand wow. you can make money in the D-League. You can go to Europe and go make some money. But when, when you leave college, it is so rare to come back and actually make enough money to be able to, to go back to school later on. And some universities will let you do that and all that stuff. But if your goal is to get to the NBA and you're coming out and you're a freshman or a sophomore or even a junior who's got one year left till you graduate and you come out early and you don't get drafted and you're hoping that you end up in somebody's training camp or you – Hey, you know what? I can go make a hundred grand if you're lucky in the D League, or I can go play in Turkey and make some money. If your only goal is to make a little bit of money, fine. But 132 players that declared early for the draft are going nowhere. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here on Rip City Radio 354. What's it like as a player to go through this day, draft day, when you're waiting, waiting, waiting for that phone call? We'll talk to a guy who's got a Super Bowl ring next, a former Husky, Eric Bjornsson. Come on by. Travis and I are live here at Big Al's in Vancouver. Half-price appetizers all the way up until 6 o'clock as we get ready to take in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. It's 354 in your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. is the Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special, live from Big Al's in Vancouver. With the first pick in the NFL Draft. Travis and Chad get you ready for your team's picks and break down the biggest headlines from the 2017 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select the mighty Oakland Raiders. 
Select. The Seattle Seahawks Select. There's no place like Big Al's. Never a bad seat in the house for the game and a place who can bring the whole family. Now, here's Travis and Chad on the Rip City Drive. All right, 401 Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad live from Big Al's in Vancouver for the draft. You got to get out here and join us. But first things first, we got to give away some cash. We're giving you the sixth man the chance to win $1,000. Text BILLS, B-I-L-L-S, right now to 200-200. That's BILLS to 200-200. Get a confirmation text. Standard message and data rates apply. That's BILLS, B-I-L-L-S, to 200-200. And, Travis, we've got half-price appetizers for folks all the way up until 6 o'clock. We're going to be here on air and for the draft. Yeah, absolutely, man. We've got uh, registration now open for a summer free bowling here at Big Al's. Kids 15 and under get two free games every day from May 30th through September 1st. Also, check out the family pass options as well. And like you said, happy hour, half price, 3 to 6. 2 right. to 6 every day with 3 to 6 today. We continue our draft discussion. I really like this guy here. Our next guest won a national title at Washington. He went on to play six years in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. Eric Bjornsson joins the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Eric, always nice to chat with you. You lucked out and avoided jury duty today. That has to make you feel good. Yeah, I felt like I uh, like I won the lottery a little bit. I had to sit in there for you know an hour and a half or so, and then they said, we got enough jurors, you're out of here, you can go home. So, winner, <laughs> winner, chicken dinner. Uh, well, Eric... Um, NFL draft day, I, you know, let's take us back to, you know, you, you, you had a great career at Washington and enjoyed your time. You, you know, you came in with the intentions of being a quarterback, but then you made the flip to tight end. So what was that like for you on draft day? What can you recall in terms of where you were at, who you were around, and what you were thinking and what your agent was telling you as you were getting ready for, uh, for your next step? Well, it wasn't the most exciting story but I'll, I'll take you through kind of where where, where i was and i, I actually I, I didn't play tight end until i got drafted so i was a res, i was switched to receiver in college and i was about 210 pounds on draft day and um there was for some reason that year there was three or four guys that they sort of deemed to be kind of a hybrid they were, they were the h-back move, motion tight end type guy was was a few teams were, were looking to draft these guys so I think Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Dallas were three of the teams that were like, hey, we, we're, this is how we're looking at you. Everyone else is looking at you as a wide receiver. I think I was projected to go sixth or seventh round or maybe undrafted. So I was pretty prepared to go undrafted. But I had some good workouts and did get some interest from, from some teams. And Dallas notably had said, you know, we've got a lot of picks. We've traded down. Um, so just be ready. But, you know, I didn't put a lot of stock in that just because having had several teammates go through the process, I don't recall anybody going where they were expected to go, and they certainly all went lower, or excuse me, later than they expected to go, and it was never the team that had the most dialogue with. So I, I was prepared to go in the seventh round by Jack. I, I had no idea what was going on. So, so the you, first day oh, – sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 sorry. Go ahead. So the, the first day, this is back when they just did two days of Saturday, Sunday. It wasn't, you know, prime time. And uh, so the first day, they, they typically, they used to do two rounds. And I certainly didn't have expectation of getting drafted in the first two rounds. So I didn't even watch the first day. Um, I think it might have been Husky spring game that day or something. I was out with some friends and, 
you know, saw a little bit of it on TV. And in fact, I was with Steve, I think I was with Steve Entman, and they drafted like someone really high at defensive tackle in Indy, and he was, you know, kind of upset about that. Um, so, you know, <laughs> the, 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 I didn't have a party plan. I don't have like a bunch of people there and, you know, not get drafted. And uh, again, my expectations were low. Um, we actually, I lived with seven football players at the time. We did have a huge what? party the night before, unrelated to the draft, just like a huge blowout party. We're up till like 3.30 in the morning, and it was a late night. So I wasn't expecting to get called until late in the day, if at all. Um, I'm sleeping at like 6.30 in the morning. You know, it starts East Coast time. Phone rings. I'm working on three hours sleep. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not entirely sober at the time. <laughs> and and it's the Cowboys. They say, hey, we got three picks. Oh, oh, the other thing is they jammed. I can't remember if I said this. They jammed three rounds in the first day. They must have been going fast. So, oh. so they actually had three full rounds in day one. So day two, starting with the fourth round, phone rings and said hey we've got three picks in the third round stay by your phone you know we we may we may draft you um so i kind of hung up the phone and went back to sleep uh but my my one buddy who who had like some family obligation didn't come to the party the night before he shows up all excited like hey we're here to watch the draft none of my other buddies showed up because they were probably all still sleeping so I kind of get going, wake up, and around 7.45 or something like that, maybe 7.30, the phone rings, and it's Larry Lacewall, who was the head of scouting at the time with the Cowboys, and, and he said, are you, uh, you ready to wear a blue star in your helmet? And I was like, absolutely. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't like I got to see, you know, the coverage wasn't all-encompassing like it is now. They didn't have, I didn't actually see them call my name on stage. But I think they went to some remote reporter, and they're like, yeah, you know, the Cowboys just drafted. It looks like they're going to take Eric Bjornsson from <laughs> University of Washington. And, um, and then they, they – they, while this guy – and he actually went on to another subject, but they, the camera went to Barry Switzer <laughs> on the phone with me as I'm watching it. So it was, that was kind of cool. And he's like, are you watching the draft? I'm like, I'm watching you talk to me on the phone right now. Um, and then they handed the phone to Jerry Jones and, and – um, you know, it's all kind of a blur now, but it was it was awfully exciting and, and certainly earlier than I expected. But it was, it's kind of a weird deal. I mean, anyone who's done a fantasy draft knows how certain positions, you know, once someone starts making a run on that position, you don't want to be left in the dark. So you start, you know, there's a tight ends may not get drafted until the fourth or seventh round, but everyone starts drafting tight ends as soon as it happened. It wasn't it wasn't unlike that. The, those four guys who were considered H backs, I think I was the first of the ones picked. And then if you look back, I was looking at it this morning, um, and I think all three or four of those guys, we all went within like 10 picks. So, you know, that could have happened in the seventh round, though, too. You know, so I was just, it was lucky that the Cowboys took me when they did. But they, they didn't have a first-round pick that year. They traded down. They had, two, I think they had three third-round picks and three fourth-round picks. So they had picks to, to burn. 
So when you're thinking about that day, the, the Cowboys at that time, they had won two Super Bowls. They just lost in the NFC Championship game the, the year before to the 49ers. Obviously, you won a Super Bowl your, your rookie year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you know, you're, you're, you're a, a Bay Area guy. Uh, were you a Niners fan growing up? Were you a Raiders fan? How would you feel about going to the Cowboys? I was the typical Raider fan until they moved when I was like 11 years old. And then I hopped on the Niner bandwagon. But I was pretty diehard Niner fan. I mean, I went – I was at the NFC Championship game in 92 when the Cowboys beat them and was just, like, devastated. And I was, you know, watching that the NFC Championship game that previous year, you know, what, three months prior, in my house with those seven other football guys, you know, waving <laughs> the foam finger. And, and I'm sitting up in that room. I was in, like, the attic of this house. And I had – Jerry Rice posters and Steve Young posters. Like my wall was plastered with, you know, Niner stuff. And, and, you know, so after the call, I think I, I maybe yanked them down. It, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't take long for them to sort of flush that out of your DNA when you're, when you're playing for the enemy. But now I'm, I'm full blown Cowboys all the way. We're talking with uh, former Cowboy, former Husky, Eric Bjornson here on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. I did want to ask you about this because you're right there and you grew up a Raider fan. How bizarre, through your eyes as a former player, will it be for Oakland to play a couple more years at the Coliseum before they make the move to Las Vegas? What's your take on that whole situation? Yeah, it's it's a sad deal. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be a player with that sort of, you know, how, what it's going to be like the next couple of years and, you know, the Marshawn Lynch thing has generated a lot of excitement here, which I think will help just keep the fans engaged. Um, and I think they'll be good. You know, I think the expectations are going to be, you know, finish the year pretty good. If their quarterback didn't get hurt, who knows? So if they're good, people will, will support them and be excited until they leave. If they, if they falter at all, it's going to be a ghost town at the Coliseum because I think fans are pretty upset. But it's got to be weird. I can't imagine – what is what is like for those guys that are, that are under contract for a long period of time, and how that transition is going to go? Um, yeah, I don't really know, but fans are really bummed and um, understandably so. Hey, Eric, how difficult is the transition from the end of your college career to that first year in the NFL? I mean, in terms of practice, in terms of culture, in terms of preparation, how how difficult was that for you? You know, it, it, it's, it was tough. Um, it was, I, for me, the jump from high school to college was, was tougher. Um, you know, you're 18 years old. I was 190-pound quarterback, and, and now I'm playing with 23-year-old men that, you know. Because you, like, you went to Bishop O'Dowd, didn't you? You, you went yeah. to O'Dowd, right? Yes, yeah. I did. Very good. Um, and, and, and going from, uh, from, from, college to the pros i mean granted it was a tough transition but the um the interesting thing i remember my first mini camp i'm in the locker room i'm hearing this guy ray donaldson i think he was played for the hawks for a while and he was talking about how you know his daughter's graduating from high school and he's you know, he's like <laughs> guys you know i'm like i'm only a few years out of high school this guy's like a grown man i'm playing you know playing alongside him so that's a little bit weird um you know, they talk a lot about the speed of the game being so much faster, and and, and that, that is a, a, an adjustment. I think it helped me a little bit going from receiver to tight end because I wasn't going against, 
DBs that can run four threes. I was going against linebackers. So that that I think I benefited a little bit from from that speed of the game transition. One thing that was hard for me is you got to play special teams. I mean, um, one, one of the other eye-opening things was, you know, in college you used to 95 scholarship players and a bunch of walk-ons back then, especially we had like 130 guys for home games. When it trims wow. down to 53, you're like, wow, this is the entire team. I mean, it's crazy how small it is compared to college. Um, and then and then having to play special teams. I never really played special teams before the NFL. I, I'd never run down at a kickoff. Or, I mean, I held for kicks on PATs, but I'd never played on a special team in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm playing all four. Um, so that was that was a tough transition for me. I mean, the whole thing was tough playing a position. I'd never had my hand on the ground in a game. And uh, and all of a sudden, everything happens so fast, too. These guys will find out. I mean, they're going to get drafted, you know, this weekend, and they will be in minicamp within a week because that first minicamp comes fast. So I was, like, you know, partying with my buddies on a Saturday, and literally a week later I'm in the <laughs> huddle with Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. It was a, it was a bit surreal. Um, so it's a, it's a tough transition. The good thing about the Cowboys, I think they – they they were one they were a team that embraced rookies from the standpoint like they knew hey we need all hands on deck we need guys to feel comfortable we're not really into hazing making guys earn their keep so you know it wasn't one of those situations where it was a hard environment for a rookie it was actually pretty uh, pretty welcoming and, and that helped me too and I had a couple of, you know buddies like Jason Garrett who was a close friend and Daryl Johnston and kind of took me under their wing and, and mentored me a bit. And, and again, that helped my transition, but uh, it's a, it's a jump. One other thing that's good. I mean, it's a, it's a, a change to be, you know, in college, you're, you know, you're certainly putting in the hours and you're, you know, but you know, during the season, you got classes and, and you got, you know, practice. You might meet at one o'clock for practice until, you know, the evening, but it, it's all day in the NFL, but you don't have classes to deal with. So it's kind of a, you're able to focus more and get rid of all the garbage and just focus on football, which uh, which helps a lot. The other thing, though, is, is the, the length of the season. I mean, you, talk, you hear about the the rookie wall. I mean, you know, 12 game season in college, and, you, and we had, Cowboys always had five pre, five preseason games, and one would be Mexico or Toronto. So you're like six games into the season, your body's kind of telling you that you know it's it's almost over. Um, and, and you've got a long way to go. And I think at the end of my rookie year, we ended up playing, you know, we went to the Super Bowl, so we won you know, 23, 24 games. It was like we packed two seasons into one, uh, two college seasons into one in one pro season. So that was a huge adjustment for me. Wow. He's got a Super Bowl championship and a national title with the University of Washington, Eric Bjornsson, here on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Eric, see, you didn't think your story was exciting, and yet you just wowed us with uh, – you know, going back and, and just kind of tracing back those steps. So we really appreciate it, man. I love chatting with you. Likewise. Thanks for uh, keeping in touch and uh, anytime. All right. You got it, Eric. We'll catch up soon. That's Eric Bjornsson. So what did you take away from that, Travis, in terms of his experience? Great stuff. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, <laughs> take that, carry. <laughs> oh, come on now. Uh, look, it, it, it's interesting to, you know, because when – you hear stories of, of guys that expect to go at one point in the draft and then it's a round or two or three later and they're like, what What the heck's going on? It's interesting to hear the perspective of a guy who, who thought he might not get drafted at all and here he is in the fourth round and he's surprised he's getting a call where he probably is, you know, not feeling <laughs> great from the night before and there he is. It's it, The fourth round back then 
was the first round on Sunday because they did one, two, and three on Saturday, four, five, six, seven on Sunday. It's probably early in the morning for him on the West Coast, not feeling great from having some fun the night before, and then boom, yeah, you're in the NFL. Wait, what? Can you can you imagine that, Chav? You're up in your loft. You're in a house with like seven other football players, and you're half hammered from the night before a party. You've got 49er posters everywhere. And then you get a phone call from the Cowboys saying, yeah, we might draft you. And you're like, uh, hello? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm a Cowboy. Yeah. That's crazy. Think about that, though. Imagine you just, you're just you a, a, a good college football player. You're watching the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl, and you've got your John Elway posters up. And then, you know, a couple of months later, you get a call from Al Davis. Hey, Chad, we want you to be a Raider. <laughs> That's what it was like for him. Yeah. I'd be a Raider fan pretty quick. Yeah. They're going to sign my checks. Yeah, no problem, all, Mr. Davis. Those, those zeros. <laughs> uh, we're here at Big Al's live on air until 6 o'clock. Stop by and join us. The first round is coming up here in what? Uh, just a little under an hour, Trav? Yeah, about 45 minutes from now. we got some awesome stuff to give away. we got a bunch of DVDs. We still have some concert tickets left. Uh, Sir Mix-A-Lot. We've got some new kids on the block tickets, which I know Chad is stoked about. Yeah. Uh, we got Seether tickets and some screening passes here for Monday to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. I remember the new kids on the block. That's right in my wheelhouse. It's like I'd really like to make out with my girlfriend right now, but she's got a door-sized Jordan Knight poster on her ceiling. That's not comfortable. <laughs> it's like, come on now. What's going on here? Yeah. And I gifted myself Hacksaw Ridge. Good job. I'm looking forward to watching that. I did the same thing a few months ago. It's great. <laughs> All right, get out here and join us. We're live here at Big Al's for the NFL Draft. We're here until 6 o'clock on air. Big Al's in Vancouver. The quarterbacks. Something you might not know, and we're going to get inside the mind of Travis once again. It's 418, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. All right, 425. Really? The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad live from Big Al's in Vancouver. Getting ready for the NFL Draft. We're on air until 6. Half price appetizers until 6. And we have giveaways for you. Yeah. Including tickets for new kids on the block. Well, hold on, let me grab these here. And if you're a dude and your lady wants to go see new kids, I will not shame you if you come up to the table to grab those. Yeah, we've got one pair left. I think we already gave one away. So it's, uh, let's see, new kids on the block with Paula Abdul and Boys to Men. I saw Boys to Men once in 1999. Uh, this is. Don't tell me things like that. Well, it was part of a big concert, like with a whole bunch of. It's one of those jingle ball things that I got dragged to by a girl. As a senior in high school. Yeah, that's uh, not good. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's Tuesday, June 6th. Then we've got Seether with Star Set, which I will be at that Friday, June 2nd. And then we've got Sir Mix-A-Lot with DJ Rock, Doc Rock, Saturday, June 3rd. Who, who is that? Not the cool uh, brother. Who, who's the uh, dorky Wahlberg? Donnie? The new kids on the block guy. Yeah, yeah, that's Donnie. Yeah, Mark is the cool one. Donnie is not the cool one, but you said he's rolling with some nice arm candy. Who is uh, that? Jenny McCarthy. Dang that. He's either married to her or something. That just irritates the crap out of me. And the, the new kids irritated me because back in the day, you know, like everyone, I, all my girlfriends were new kids fans. So you roll into their room and there's posters everywhere. And it's like, I'd really like to get some tongue action right now. <laughs> and I've got to look at these posters. That, that just kills the mood. It's like so not fresh. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't really No, you were just busy going to jingle balls with uh, boys to men. Yuck. Hey, boys, that was pretty good back in the day. No, no, they weren't. Yeah, and yeah, new were. kids weren't either, but, yeah. you know, I, I can understand it with the ladies. But uh, we got NSYNC also played in that show. So I will not shame you if you come by our table here to pick up some new kids tickets 
for your lady if you want to take a trip back to around 1990. Uh, we're here at Big Al's in Vancouver for the NFL Draft. Now, Travis, I'm going to get your uh, take on a GM's perspective with the draft. But first things first, Doug Farrar, lead NFL scout for Bleacher Report yesterday, you ask him, how many trades are we going to see on day one? You know, I think there will be pick trades, but I, I don't see a lot of player trades. I'd be surprised. I don't think the Patriots are going to let Jimmy Garoppolo go. Um, you know, the whole thing with Kirk Cousins, they're at odds over the contract, but I think the Redskins know they're not getting anywhere near the playoffs without a functional quarterback. I think if they're, I mean, and I know the, the Bengals are saying we want a first-rounder for A.J. McCarron, which is absolutely hilarious, but maybe A.J. McCarron goes to the Browns if they don't believe that Trubisky or Watson or anyone else is their guy. Um, Hugh Jackson. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Obviously has a past with uh, McCarron from their days in Cincinnati together. Uh, McCarron started under Hugh Jackson a couple of games when Andy Dalton was hurt in 2015. So maybe that happens. I don't think there are going to be a lot of big player trades. I think there will be trades for picks. I think a lot of the teams at the top of the first round are looking to trade down, and you may see – I think the Browns might trade their number 12 pick and go up and get their quarterback in the top 10. But I think it's going to be more teams moving around with their picks as opposed to players. A team that you – know, maybe I'm just not hearing it much, but I haven't heard a whole lot about the Houston Texans. They're a pretty good football team. They're just missing that, that one position that's kind of important. That's that's a quarterback. They're going into camp with Tom Savage and with Brandon Whedon. Bill O'Brien has said, we will go into camp with three quarterbacks. So where does that come from? Does that come from the lead NFL scout from yesterday. Now, Travis, do you buy into what he's saying that we're going to see more pick trades and player trades today? Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to ask you, Mr. Anyway, I, I'm not really concerned about player trades today. I'm concerned about pick trades. And the one that we're hearing the most buzz about today is the Tennessee Titans, and it makes a ton of sense. That spot at number five, that's that's the fulcrum of the first round. One through four, I think you can kind of pencil in one or two players in each of those spots. But with the Jets potentially drafting a quarterback at number six, somebody's going to want to draft up, uh, trade up and steal that guy that they're looking for at number five so the Jets can't get him. But also, if the Chargers aren't trading seven and the Panthers either want to draft Christian McCaffrey at eight or they're not trading that pick at eight, somebody's going to want to trade up maybe the Broncos and get Christian McCaffrey. So that spot is going to determine a lot of things. If the Broncos draft, trade up and draft Christian McCaffrey or somebody, whether it's you know Cleveland or whoever trades up to five to draft Trubisky or another quarterback, that will change the rest of the first round of those next 27 picks. So, Trav, can you paint a picture for the football fans out there when it comes to draft day from a GM's perspective and how they look at everything that they need to accomplish in such an important time, because this is where teams improve. This is how you build a team. This is how you eventually get to that goal of winning a championship. I've talked to a couple of GMs and and former GMs, assistant GMs over the years. They've all kind of laid it out to me the same way, Chad. How often have you heard a GM say, we're going to take the best player available? All the time. Right. That that doesn't mean what you think it means. Like, if you think you've got 
let's say you, you've got your top 20 players, right? That's not a vertical order. It's not number one, number two, number three, all the way down through number 20. That That's a horizontal thing, and they all have draft grades. So if you're looking at a wide receiver, if you're looking at a corner, if you're looking for defensive tackle, whatever it is, and you've got this is our guy that we would take in, in this spot here, 10 to 20 or 20 to 25 or whatever it is and you get to your pick at number 22 or 23 wherever that pick is and you've got two or three different guys that are all on that same plane you're going to take the best need for the best value for the highest spot on your draft board so you might look at it and say okay this guy here is a much better player than that guy he should be higher up in the draft board but because of how they have it graded and the way that everything is laid out horizontally that rather than vertically they're going to take that guy because he's a better fit. And another way of looking at it also is that it's all about value. Talking about the Seahawks earlier, okay? So if they're sitting there, you know, kind of late in the first round and they've got the 26th pick and they're thinking about trading out of that, maybe there's someone that they've got their eye on that's in their top 15. And if they're sitting on 26, they're going to take that guy regardless of what position he is because the value is just too good to pass up. That makes a lot of sense. So do you buy into that best player available? Well, it, again, it's it's all in context. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Seahawks and the best player available is Patrick Mahomes, you know, I'm, I'm not taking a quarterback because I think I'm pretty good there with Russell Wilson. But if I've got an offensive lineman that I really like and a corner that I really like and you know maybe a running back that I really like, you know, any of those guys can be the best player available. But if your biggest need is corner. You're taking a corner. It's also a fit and the best player available. Okay, okay, I'm with you on that then. So if you have, you know, four or five guys available that you would deem the best in that particular position, then at that point you can look at what your team need is and be able to select the player that's going to be the best the best player, but also who's, what's going to fit your team based on what you need the most at that time. Right. So, you know, John Elway with your Broncos, Chad, he's not lying when he says we're going to take the best player available with our pick. But the best player available could mean multiple different things. Yeah. I just don't know what to think when I when Elway says we're not going to take an offensive lineman. I don't necessarily believe that because they need offensive linemen badly. They don't have a starting left tackle right now. But I wonder if they can be that team to move up to number five, if that means that they would take Christian McCaffrey because they need a playmaker on offense. Yeah. I mean, it, look, I, I think he would be a, a great fit on any team. You would just get really excited about that because he's Ed McCaffrey's kid and he'd end up keeping that Bronco legacy going. Yeah, I like that. It's 433, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad live from Big Al's as we get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, the latest in terms of big news, it looks like the Browns, according to several sources, are planning on taking Miles Garrett yeah. at number one. So if they do that and they take Garrett at number one, what do you think that means for Mitch Trubisky, a guy the Browns do like, but there are other teams in the top ten that need a quarterback like the Jets at six? Well, what I, what I think it means for Mitch Trubisky is that somebody's going to take him pretty early on. I, again, it, it's all about what you think your guy is. If you are 100% sold that Mitch Trubisky is the guy, unequivocally, without question, he is your guy. And if that's how you feel, I'm not going to knock the Cleveland Browns if that's how they really feel. But if there's any doubt, you can't take a guy that has basically shown nothing. I understand, you know, we were watching some of the Sun Bowl highlights they had up on the NFL Network over here earlier, and that's cool. They made a couple of big plays in that game against a really good defense, but we're talking about 13 games as a starter. The year before that, he completed, or he attempted 40 passes we're talking about one year 
You know, Deshaun Watson says today that you know drafting Mitchell Trubisky over him would be a slap in the face. Well, I got news for you. You're probably going to get slapped in the face today because someone's going to draft Mitchell Trubisky, and it's probably going to be somebody who trades up to number five. Maybe not, but if not, then he doesn't get past 12. All right, so in regards to quarterbacks, for you, how much do you consider a quarterback's record against top competition in college in terms of a key factor, in terms of how they might translate to the NFL? I think it's something you have to look at. I mean, Deshaun Watson won 32 games in college. That's that's pretty darn good. All right, now, now, the reason why I ask you that is you, you've mentioned a few, times a, week, uh, a few times this week that you bring up Jared Goff as an example out of Cal. He was the top pick, and he struggled with the Rams. And it's always – it's a good yeah, – one thing we've learned about quarterbacks over the years, you never know how – their game from college is going to trans uh, is going to translate to the NFL. So take a listen to this. With Goff, during the course of his career at Cal, he was 0-8 against opponents that were ranked. He went 0-13 versus opponents that were that ended the year ranked, and he was 0-12 against Oregon, USC, UCLA, and Stanford. Now, for a comparison to Goff, Deshaun Watson out of Clemson, he was 9-2 against ranked teams and 11-2 against teams that finished the season ranked, and He's also one of those guys that John Gruden, through studying him on film, said, hey, this guy's a vocal leader in the uh, huddle. He's got the arm strength to make all the throws, and he's a proven winner. I, I just don't understand why Deshaun Watson is not getting more love today, you know, considering what he did in college, playing against top-level competition. I don't either, Chad. And, and you know, you, you covered Cal for a while down there. Remember that game two years ago against Utah when they were – they were both 6-0 and at that point. Yes. They got embarrassed in that Big game. Big time. That was the biggest game Jared Goff ever played in, and he got embarrassed. Think about this. These are the quarterbacks drafted last year. These are just the first-round quarterbacks last year. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch. Which one had the most success last year? Carson Wentz. Okay. What did Carson Wentz do in college? Won national championship after national championship at North Dakota State. A proven winner. Exactly. I understand that North Dakota State is not the same as playing at a big-time school. But being in pressure situations, you get trained for that. That has to matter. Right. Your your next few quarterbacks down, okay? Christian Hackenberg didn't play much. Jacoby Brissett got a couple of starts early in the year, but that's early season stuff. Cody Kessler, Connor Cook, Dak Prescott, Cardell Jones. I know a lot of those guys didn't get time, but Dak Prescott played in some big Big games. Yes. Egg Bowl games against Ole Miss, who was a top-five team at the time when they played him. Beat Alabama. Beat some good teams in that stretch. The year before, you look at uh, 2015, the top quarterback selected, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. What do they both have in common? They both played for a national championship. Jameis Winston won one. Those are the only quarterbacks that you really saw anything from that year. But if you want to go back, give me, give me a random year in the last 10 years. How about 2010. 2010. Okay, here are your quarterbacks. Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, Jimmy Clausen, Colt McCoy. Okay? I'll take McCoy off because he's a third rounder. Sam Bradford won a championship. Okay? He had success in the NFL. His biggest issue injuries was injuries. Okay? Tim Tebow. Nobody liked his skill set, but he won football games. He won a playoff game for the Denver Broncos. He played well. Now, his skill set might not have been what everybody wanted and found his way out of the league, but when he played, he won football games. What about 2011? 2011 would be, let's see, Cam Newton. 
National championship. National championship. Jake Locker, first-round quarterback. What did he do in college? Nothing. Had a winless season, and he was terrible. Blaine Gabbert was was on a mediocre Missouri team. Didn't have any success in the NFL. Christian Ponder was on some mediocre to pretty good Florida State teams in a weak ACC. Did nothing in the NFL. Andy Dalton has had success. Very successful. He won a Rose Bowl at TCU. He had success. You go down the list. Uh, Again, not many of those guys got a whole lot of playing time. Uh, I'm going to pick, let's say... Uh, 2006, okay, Vince Young won a national championship. He had success in the early part of his career. Matt Leiter, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. <laughs> Jay Cutler was a pretty good quarterback in college. He Jay won Cut- games at a very difficult place in the SEC to win games, and that's Vandy. And he won games in the NFL. He did. He threw a lot of interceptions, but he took his team to an NFC championship game. He won games in the NFL with the, with the Denver Broncos, with the Chicago Bears. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. But I think it's something you have to factor in when you've got a guy who has a proven track record of success and against the best defense in college football makes some big plays, including the game-winning touchdown pass in the national championship game. Those are important factors that I think you have to weigh in. It's not the only thing, but it matters. All things being equal, I'm taking a winner. We're live here at Big Al's in Vancouver for the NFL Draft. Travis and I will be here Live on air until 6. You can come out half-price appetizers until 6. We got some prizes to give away, including concert tickets. So stop by and say hi. Uh, the NFL Draft going to start here in just a little over 20 minutes. Coming up next, who is the best running back in the draft this year? I'm going to ask Travis that question. Also, we got a blazer nugget for you. You might find interest in who C.J. McCollum is trying to recruit to Portland. It's 440, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad in your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. It's the Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special, live from Big Al's in Vancouver. All right, 447, Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad, live from Big Al's in Vancouver, on air until 6. Half price appetizers until 6. We got prizes for you. Stop by and say hi. People are starting to fill up the uh, joint as we get ready for the uh, NFL draft. Now, Trav, before we get back to running backs and who the best uh, back in this draft is, I want to update everyone on this. You yes. just pointed this out to me. C.J. McCollum, um, he's got he's got a busy offseason plan. He's going to visit Yusuf Nurkic over in Bosnia, which is dope. But he's also making a recruiting effort. Yeah. Paul George in Indiana. Yeah, apparently C.J. McCollum says... They would like to sign Paul George. Now, number one, that's impossible because Paul George is not a free agent, so they will not be signing him. Even if they could sign him if he was a free agent, they have zero cap space, and he's not going to take the mid-level exception. So I think he meant something along the lines of a trade or something like that, but he, he's not a free agent. They cannot sign Paul George. Yeah, I'd like to have ice cream with Kate Upton, but... I don't have the cash or the uh, cachet to be able to pull that off. And I think Justin Verlander would throw a fastball at your head. But I, He might. But I did uh, have you look up salary cap space. Indiana is one of those teams that has some flexibility that might be able to do some type of uh, deal. Yeah, they've got $68 million committed to their team next year. That's about $35 million below the salary cap. So they've got plenty of room to do something. And they're look, they want to make Paul George happy. They want to make sure that he stays. And right now, you look at what the, what they have on their roster, they're, they're, there's not a whole lot with that Pacers team. $69 million, excuse me. They're going to lose Jeff Teague. They're going to lose Rodney Stuckey. C.J. Miles is a restricted free agent. Uh, or he's got a player option. Uh, so they'll probably keep C.J. Miles. I'm sure they will keep C.J. Miles. But 
They've got $19 million tied up in Paul George for his option year the year after, and they want to add some some pieces, and maybe a guy like Alan Crabb could be one of those pieces. And if that's the case, sign me up. All right, I love it. C.J. McCollum visiting uh, Yusuf in Bosnia later this summer and also out there actively recruiting. you got to love that. All right, back to the draft. Travis Knight live here at Big Al's in Vancouver. One other thing, I just saw this pop a little bit ago. A few people are reporting this, that the Bears are now uh, trying to trade out of the number three spot. Interesting. Very interesting. <sighs> Another team that's looking for some defensive help. There are a lot of defensive players in this year's draft. Maybe someone trying to get past that Titans pick at five to draft their quarterback. So now you have potentially two teams, the Bears at three and the Titans at five, who are listening to all offers on their yeah. picks for teams wanting to move up and go after their player. Yeah. Now, one of those guys, running backs, you know, obviously I know my guy John Elway, you know, could potentially look to move up into the draft, and there's speculation of baby McCaffrey. Now, a lot of teams right now popping rod for McCaffrey. His stock is rising. We know about his versatility, but this is a deep draft in terms of running backs. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and others. In your mind, who do you think is the best running back in this draft? To, to me, versatility means everything. I think Dalvin Cook is a really versatile back. Leonard Fournette would have made a great... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eight running back in 1998. I think Leonard Fournette, in a different time, would have easily been the best running back. And like might, an old school bruiser? Yeah, he still might be the best running back in this draft if you're just talking about running back. But if you're talking about the position of running back and everything that comes with that in 2017, you need a versatile guy. And that's why I would take Christian McCaffrey ahead of him personally. And if I'm in the top five, you know, maybe I wait on that. But if I'm Carolina, maybe if I'm Denver and I can try and trade up, I think there are a lot of teams that can really benefit from him. Uh, I've seen San Diego taking him, but you've already got Melvin Ingram, who had a very good year last year, um, or Melvin Gordon, excuse me. So I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he goes in the top five unless somebody trades up to get him. But I also like what Dalvin Cook's versatility can bring. And in today's NFL, you've got to have a guy that can extend drives, catch passes on third down, be a check down type of guy, and can do a number of different things. I guess the way I look at running backs, Trav, is that if you have the right system with the right line. You don't need to splurge big. I like all those guys you just talked about. But there is value with some guys that you can take in the later rounds oh, yeah. who can come in and produce in the NFL. Yeah, there absolutely are. I mean, you look at other situations, and, and we've seen that plenty, where you've got a guy that nobody expected to, to do anything that ends up you know, having a really good rookie year. I mean, you look at what Jordan Howard did last year. He was a fifth-round pick, and he ends up being second in the NFL in rushing. He was a fifth-round pick. Great point. 150th overall uh, out of Indiana by, by the uh, Chicago Bears, and he's number two in the league in rushing. If you've got the right offensive line and the right system, you can have a guy make an impact no matter where he's drafted or undrafted. It's the Rip City Drive, 451. Travis and Chad, we're live from Big Al's in Vancouver for the NFL Draft, which is going to get underway here in just a few minutes. It's time now for the Degenerate Dime of the Day. We've all thrown down a couple of bucks on a game, right? Uh, you know, win some, lose some. But Travis and Chad take it a step further. They got a Hawaii game. I'm not degenerate, but I'm a Hawaii game. 
It's time for the Degenerate Dime of the Day on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by DPI Solar. Imagine if you never had to pay an electricity bill again. Visit dpisolar.com. All right, Chad, I got the win yesterday taking the Nationals who spanked the Rockies in Colorado. You had the Bulls plus seven and a half. Uh. Late push by the Celtics. You did not win. Listener Kyle had the under in that game, and just by a few points, he did not win. So what do you got today? I'm going back to the NBA playoffs because I enjoy punishment, and I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies plus, and it looks like the line has jumped up a little bit. I think I got them at five. It's at five and a half right now, but I think Memphis is going to get the win and send it back to San Antonio for an all-important game seven. Well, there you go. Listener Kyle's going to take the over two and a half. Now, I thought it was three and a half, but I'll give him the two and a half. Uh, today, So he's got two and a half on the over of quarterbacks taken in the first round. I'm going back to baseball. And I'm going to take the Diamondbacks in the money line tonight against the Padres. Jared Weaver getting the start for San Diego. The Padres are 0-4 in games that he has started this year. All right. That works for me. That works for me. I need a bounce back game, Trav. This yeah, NBA playoff stuff, is, is it's been brutal on me of late. Yeah, it's been brutal on all of us, man. Uh, who do you think is going to win tonight, Spurs or Grizz? You think the Spurs will yeah, close it out? I do. What would you say about Greg Popovich earlier? He left a $5,000 tip at a restaurant in Memphis last weekend. Good for Pop. Yeah. Can you imagine a five-gur tip? Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> well, we're almost there. The NFL draft is going to kick get off uh, here in about, what, 10 minutes? And we're going to have all the picks for you as they come in live. We're from Big Al's in Vancouver. Stop by and say hi. Half-price appetizers all the way up until 6 o'clock. When we come back, we'll give you all the latest news involving the first round of what you can expect from the top when the draft kicks off here in about 10 minutes. It's 4.54, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. This is the Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special, live from Big Al's in Vancouver. With the first pick in the NFL Draft. Travis and Chad get you ready for your team's picks and break down the biggest headlines from the 2017 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select the mighty Oakland Raiders. Select. The Seattle Seahawks select. There's no place like Big Al's. Never a bad seat in the house for the game and a place who can bring the whole family. Now, here's Travis and Chad on the Rip City Drive. All right, 5 o'clock, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. The NFL draft is about to start. Travis and I are live from Big Al's in Vancouver. One more hour remaining for you to stop by, see us. Get a free prize and enjoy half-price appetizers. And, Travis, I thought it was so fitting that before we came in to start the show today, we saw a Browns fan coming into Big Al's, and we just stopped. You and I were talking about the draft, and we just looked over at him and said, what do you think the Browns should do at number one? He looked at us, dropped an F-bomb, and said, I'm so freaking nervous about it. How fitting (laughs) is that for Brown fans right now? It, It was, and, of course, he said that he did not want a quarterback, that he wanted Miles Garrett. They, they can't draft Trubisky, number one, can they? It doesn't seem like it. We're going to find out very, very shortly. All right, so the latest. All the reports now say the Browns are going to take Miles Garrett at number one, and then you've got yep. situations at three and five that we're going to talk about in just a moment, but we do want to give away some cash. Right now, text MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to 200-200. That's MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to 200-200. Your chance to win $1,000 
Text money to 200-200, you'll get a confirmation text. Standard message and data rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Yeah, Chad, look, i, I got to tell you, I'm fired up right now because, number one, we're a big Owls and I love being here. But we've got the draft. It's on the, the main screen here. And then on the other side screens closest to us, I got the Yankee-Red Sox game. And right below that, I got the Rangers-Senators playoff game. All that going on live You're right in your now. element, Chad. I, I could not be happier right now. We had some food. <laughs> We've got some awesome prizes to give away. So if you're in the area, come on over here. We got some DVDs. We got, uh, let's see, this is a advanced screening of... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is Monday at Bridgeport. We've got some tickets here to see New Kids on the Block. We've got tickets to see Seether and to see Sir Mix-a-Lot. We've got plenty of those left, so come on by, grab some of this stuff. And also, uh, at Big Al's, registration is open for a summer of free bowling. Also, kids 15 and under get two free games every day from May 30th through September 1st. Also, check out the Family Pass option as well. And you can't forget about the best happy hour in the Northwest every weekday, 2 to 6 p.m. All appetizers are half off. So get down here right now for the draft and for the best happy hour. I have to give you props. I'm in awe of how easily you crushed that French dip that you had. (laughs) And I ask you how the au jus was. Actually, what you did is you took the French dip and you were dipping it in your bowl of French onion. That's a good play. I got all the the French things (laughs) I needed. I didn't get any French fries, but... Look, when, when you're on the air and you got like four or five minutes in between segments, you got to crush it while you can. You got to do it. Well, it's it. still hot. Yes, it's 5.03, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad, live from Big Al's in Vancouver as we get ready for the start of the NFL draft. All right, let's go over the biggest news so far. The Browns had number one expected to take Miles Garrett. Yep. You would go Solomon Thomas, but... Aside from the player, you think defense is the right play here for the Browns? Yeah, and look, I'm the only one who thinks that it should be Solomon Thomas. Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know, but it's very possible. You have to go defense in this situation because they're outside a quarterback. There isn't another offensive player in this draft that's even in consideration to be number one, right? So if you're looking at defense, it's Garrett, who is the consensus, Solomon Thomas, maybe Lattimore, you know, maybe one of the safeties. But you got to go defense because the Browns' defense was so bad last year. Everything was so bad. A quarterback isn't going to save you because you need to have a good offensive line for, in order for your quarterback to do anything. And if you can get someone who is a building block on that defense, let's just take Miles Garrett because that's seemingly who it's going to be. You add that to Jamie Collins, who they got from the New England Patriots before last year. You've got two really solid building blocks on your defense, on your front seven, and that's where you have to start. All right. Now, two things you're keeping an eye on in round number one. The Bears at three, the Titans at five. Both those teams could be looking to trade out of that spot for other teams that want to move up and grab a player they might be looking at. Yeah, I mean, you look at both of those spots. I mean, they're they're both looking defense right there, maybe. Okay? The The Titans either want a corner, which they desperately need help with, or receiver. And I think if they stay there, they're going to go receiver and end up taking Mike Williams because you, you put him and uh, Marcus Mariota together. That's an unbelievable combination with Doyle Green Beckham, how he's coming along. Uh, I, I really like what they have going there, if that's the way they go. Here we go. It looks like we have our, our first pick. Let's head to the podium with uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. We are thrilled to be back here in Philadelphia where the first draft was held nearly 80 years ago. So tonight, we celebrate the great game that we all love, 
and we celebrate as NFL dreams come true. So it sounds like you're ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Look at that stage. Looks like he wants to go stage diving. The NFL draft for 2017 is officially open. The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. All right, there you go. <laughs> The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. And Look at all those people there, man. That's nuts. Insane. Roger Goodell hearing it from Eagle fan. Not the most friendliest fan base in the NFL. No, it really isn't. They, they would probably pee on him before they would give him a high five. But going back to what you're talking about with, with the, the, the trade, Chad, you know, you, you look at Chicago at number three, and if they're trying to go corner, they're trying to go defense, it's something they can get later on in the first round. So if you can get an extra pick out of that and still end up with someone good, maybe you don't get Jonathan Allen or Jamal Adams or Salma Thomas or one of those guys, but you get another pick or two and somebody else able to get what they want, whether it's that quarterback or maybe it's the defensive player that they really want. With a team like the Bears, who is just, I mean, they, they were horrendous on defense last year. I think it makes sense to get to compile those picks and get more bodies. And also, if you're doing that, if you're the Browns and you can get some extra picks in there as well, you got a better chance of not swinging and missing at every single one like you always do. It's 5.07, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad live from Big Al's in Vancouver. As we are now waiting for the first pick in this year's NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns are officially on the clock. Now, another thing you've been watching all day is – the Carolina Panthers, who are yeah. at number eight and all the talk of, of how Christian McCaffrey, the running back out of Stanford, is the perfect fit for the Panthers. Yeah, and look, they, they, he might not even be available for them at eight, right? Is it makes sense for them to trade up and maybe get to number five to be able to take McCaffrey? And I think it does because I, I understand losing Josh Norman last year. Yeah. You lost a good chunk of the identity of, the, of, of that defense. So now... The three best players from that Super Bowl team on defense, Josh Norman, gone. Coney Ely, gone. And, of course, Luke Keekley, Keekley, who's been terrific in his five years in the NFL. So you lost two of the, the three pieces that were the heart and soul of that defense. I get that. But the offense last year, teams adjusted to Cam Newton. And Cam was a little crybaby in 2016, just like he was in 2014. They won 15 games and went to a Super Bowl. And what happened when they won the Super Bowl? He was a little crybaby again after that game. If they're not winning, he is a mental midget. He needs somebody who can be a leader, who can be a big-time player on that defense, who can stretch the field a little bit, who can play multiple positions. And, and Christian McCaffrey is a choir boy. He is going to be the type of personality that can help can't reel Cam Newton in and get his mind right when he's doing his, his garbage. He is an all-football type of guy. I mean, the guy is just, he, he lives it, he breathes it. I think it's good to have those type of guys on your football team because not just Cam Newton, but think about all the other guys that will be looking at McCaffrey and his preparation and the way he goes about his business. That kind of stuff can can spill over into other players who can learn from yeah. a, from the way that a guy like McCaffrey uh, prepares. Sure. I mean, and, and you look at the, the weapons they have offensively, right? Kelvin Benjamin, who has had some injury issues. He's a good receiver. You got Devin Funches, who is a good receiver, also had some injury issues. But do, do you trust 30-year-old Jonathan Stewart right now? I, I don't. I barely did last year, and he's at that point in his career where his skills are going to erode quickly. Um, th th there, there are a couple of guys in that team that are all right, but you need a tight end. You need another running back. Uh, you could use a third receiver, a slot guy, maybe somebody that you can get in the third or fourth round. There are just so many things that that team needs. I think if you can get someone who is versatile, who can play a bunch of different positions and be the character guy that you need, you're set. Who do you think will be the first quarterback off the uh, board? I think it'll be Trubisky. It's not where I would go, 
But, I mean, who knows? If nobody in the top five drafts him and you've got the Jets who are in desperate need of a quarterback who could go any direction, maybe they go Deshaun Watson. Now, for those teams who need a cornerback, one thing we know about this draft, or at least what everyone says, it's a cornerback deep draft. How yep. will that impact teams in the first round who are looking for secondary? Uh, I think you, you could end up seeing some teams trade down, like I mentioned, Chicago and Tennessee. Uh, if you know, Maybe, who knows, maybe Mike Williams goes early. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe Tennessee just isn't all that enamored with him, or they feel like, you know what, we really need defense. Somebody else is going to want this pick. We could trade down to anywhere from 10 to 25 and still get somebody who can step in and, and start at corner for us right away. How badly do you think the Jets want a quarterback right now? I think they're desperate for it. I mean, look, they were so desperate to have a quarterback last year that they catered to whatever Ryan Fitzpatrick wanted. Okay? When you are catering that much to Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have some (laughs) serious problems. I mean, think about this. We were talking about a guy who has bounced around all over the place. Yes, he was coming off of a career year. But when you've been in the league for a decade plus and you can't stick with the Cleveland Browns or the Rams or the Buffalo Bills or the Houston Texans, all of those franchises have needed a quarterback, and none of those teams stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick and you are catering to him, you have... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Problems under center, my friend. So they also have Geno Smith, Bryce Petty, and Christian Hackenberg. All of those were fairly high-level picks in the first few rounds at quarterback, and they are not comfortable with any of those guys. So if you're the Jets, you've got to put somebody that doesn't suck in that position, and maybe that's Deshaun Watson. They still might not even go in that direction in the first round at number six. Now, I know Solomon Thomas, the uh, defensive end out of Stanford, is your favorite player in the draft. Who would be your next player after Thomas, the can't-miss guy uh, that, that you would select? Say that one more time. So... Solomon Thomas, the uh, defensive end out of Stanford, is your guy, the yeah. number one player you think in the draft. Who's number two after Thomas? For defensive players? Yes. I mean, it, it, probably Miles Garrett. I was listening to some a bunch of different takes across the country today on different national and local radio shows to get some perspective. And the one thing, again, that I've heard from multiple big-time NFL scouts is that the issue with Miles Garrett is that he took plays off. And, and look how that's translated for other guys. Jadavion Clowney was the defensive talent, right? He was questioned for taking plays off in college. What happened when he got to the NFL? He hasn't nearly been as dominant as we thought. That There's no question that Miles Garrett is the physical specimen, but the motor and the motivation isn't always there, and that's what concerns me. If, if he is 100% giving it his all, he's probably the best player in the draft period, but I question his mental toughness. And that's where I have an issue with him. It's 5-12, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. We've got the further review coming up next. What we're going to do is as a pick happens, we're going to go to the podium live with uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell so that you will hear it if you're on your way home from work. 
and we will continue to do that throughout the rest of the program. The Browns pick is in, so we're gonna we're gonna wait for that, which could be any second. So the number one pick has the Browns have submitted who that is. They took all ten minutes. So with the pick being in, that means now the 49ers are on the clock. I just heard from our good uh, uh, friend Bernard Bokenny, who's a big Browns oh, fan. Yeah. He said the ambulance is on standby right now. <laughs> and that's how Browns, Browns fans uh, feel because they know that their team, for the most part, has proven they're going to find a way to screw this up. Yeah, they, they always do. <laughs> the Browns suck. <laughs> All right, let's head to the podium for Roger Goodell. With the first pick. In the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Miles Garrett, defensive end, Texas A&M. All right, you hear the response from the fans. Let's take a listen in to the profile on Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M. <laughs> Miles Garrett. 6'4", 274 pounds. Defensive end, Texas A&M. And a ball batted up in the air and intercepted by Miles Garrett inside the 35 at the 33-yard line. Garrett enters the draft after three seasons in College Station. Earning All-American honors in 2015 and 2016. Considered by many to be the best defensive prospect in the draft. Garrett totaled 21 sacks over the last two years. His speed and strength make him the total package. But it's his ability to get to the quarterback that separates him from the rest of the ends in this class. If there's a knock on Garrett, it could be his health, as he was slowed by an ankle injury last season. However, even with an injury, Garrett's extreme athleticism and versatility will make him a constant in NFL backfields for years to come. All right, Travis, the Browns go Miles Garrett at number one first player taken. What's your reaction? Good. It's about time the Browns did what they were supposed to do. All right, next up, the 49ers now officially on the clock. We will continue to keep you up to date with the podium and Roger Goodell through the first round of the NFL draft. It's 5:15. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. Sometimes we need a second look to get it right. The previous play is under further review. And sometimes we still get it wrong. After further review, the ruling on the field stands. It's time to get under the hood and take a closer view of the biggest stories of the day. All the, all the players are doing now is they're just falling down to get a call. And it's, it's, it's a disgrace to the game of basketball. It's time for The Further Review, presented by Canby Ford on Rip City Radio. Put flags on everybody. That's it. No more tackling. <laughs> All right, Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad, 522 live from Big Al's in Vancouver. We just had our first big break in the NFL draft. The Chicago Bears made a deal with the 49ers, Travis, to move up to number two, and with that, they did this. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback, North Carolina. Wow. Wow. What, what's, here's what's crazy about this, Chad. They just spent all that money on Mike Glennon. What? Can you not hear me? There we go. There Sorry. we go. Got a mic in the They just spent all that money on Mike Glennon, right? So not only did they trade up to two, 
to get Mitchell Trubisky. Is he going to back up Mike Glennon? What's the deal with Mike Glennon now? And then they also gave up a couple of other picks just to move up one spot. That's crazy. So the 49ers, to move back one spot, Trav, they received the number 67 and 111th pick in this year's draft and a third-round pick next year to move back one spot. Wow. That's either going to be a blessing or a curse for the Cleveland Browns because they they're not going to get Mitchell Trubisky, so no more of that stuff. To, and that might now screw up the Tennessee Titans, or it could mean we're going to get a run on quarterbacks here now. No one saw this coming. Number wow. one, Miles Garrett, Texas A&M goes to Cleveland. Number two, the Bears move up in a deal with the 49ers to take Mitchell Trubisky. Let's take a listen to what he's all about. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, 6'2", 222 pounds. Quarterback, North Carolina. Trubisky fakes the swing pass, hits Tucker, the tight end in the slot. Tucker may be gone. Goodbye. Touchdown, Carolina. In just one season as the starter in Chapel Hill, Trubisky emerged as one of the top prospects in the draft because of his abilities as a passer and a rusher. Trubisky is an efficient passer, throwing 30 touchdowns for the Tar Heels in 2016, compared to just six interceptions. The 22-year-old doesn't have any major mechanical issues, but at times can see his passes get batted down at the line of scrimmage. Despite working out of the shot, gun almost exclusively in 2016. Trubisky still has troubles finding where pressure is coming from, but does have enough athletic ability to elude it, either with his arm or legs. There you go, Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears move up one spot in a deal with the 49ers to take a quarterback. And this is why we love the NFL draft, Travis. How shocking is this? The Bears, they spend all that money on Glennon and they give away three draft picks to move up one spot to take Mitch Trubisky. What does that tell you? $19 million guaranteed. <laughs> and they've already come out and specifically openly said, without question, unequivocally, Mike Glennon is our starting quarterback in 2017. Period. And now they draft Mitch Trubisky, who I never thought was the right guy for any team in the first round to begin with. But I mentioned this to you off-air, Chad, that coaches and quarterbacks – inherit their team's demons right how do the chicago bears fans feel about their quarterback situation lately with jay cutler they hate it when was the last time the chicago bears had a really good quarterback i don't remember jim mcmahon (laughs) eric eric kramer (laughs) kyle orton i don't know so now you go out and you take a guy who by Every stretch of the imagination is not ready today to be a starting quarterback. You just paid somebody $19 million guaranteed to be your quarterback. You've got holes at safety. You've got holes at corner. You've got holes in the defensive line. And you just drafted a guy that you didn't need. That's unbelievable. The Bears, I mean, it's hard not to think that was a foolish maneuver because you give up all those draft picks. And there were so many good players available at number two. And you have a lot of freaking needs. That was a Dimwit move by Ryan Pace. <laughs> there are not enough. I mean, I can't use expletives anyway, Chad, but if I was a Bears fan, I, I wouldn't have any. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't want me to go to church right now. All right. The 49ers are on the clock. Like a lot of teams, they have so many different needs. What makes sense for the 49ers here? Solomon Thomas or is it somebody else? I, I got to like, re- regain my thoughts here. Um, yeah, I, I think I thought Solomon Thomas would have been great for them at two. I mean, <laughs> if, if you can get Solomon Thomas here now, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. But you could also find Jonathan Allen. Uh, you could also go with Jamal Adams, Marshawn Lattimore. Because the Bears took a quarterback, 
every single player that they would have wanted at two is now available at three. And John Lynch has got himself a bunch of options. That is the, the first move that John Lynch has made. Brilliant. Well, think about it. They just went out of this weird transition with, with Jed York and Trent Baalke where they made some just horrible decisions, particularly with the coaches. And now John Lynch comes in. You've got Kyle Shanahan. You've got very good leadership. And they come in and do this. That's big time right there, bro. And I don't think any of them are going to be wearing fanny packs. <laughs> wow. wow. The draft just got interesting. The big news, Miles Garrett going number one to Cleveland. The Chicago Bears shipping three draft picks, two from this year, one from next year, two San Francisco to move up one spot, not to take Solomon Thomas, but to take Mitch Trubisky. That, that blew my mind. And that Look, that, that blew everybody's mock draft, number one, because I guarantee you nobody had that. But what it also does, and now it makes the Cleveland Browns regroup. If the New York Jets were looking at him, it makes them regroup. Anybody who's looking to trade up to number five with Tennessee, they're going to have to regroup now. I, I talked about number five being the fulcrum of the draft, and that's going to throw everything else off. That's what the Chicago Bears just did. They took that fulcrum, and they moved it from number five to number two. It's 528, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. We are live from Big Al's in Vancouver. Half-price appetizers all the way up until 6 as we are taking in the first round of the NFL draft. If you're just joining us, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock right now. They've got a lot of different needs, and they're on the clock because the Chicago Bears sent them three draft picks to trade up one spot to select Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback out of North Carolina. It was this. Oh, are we ready for the pick? I think the pick is in. 49ers. With the third pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Solomon Thomas, defensive end, Stanford. <laughs> All right, Solomon Thomas. Travis, your favorite player in the draft. The 49ers get three picks from the Bears, and they get Thomas. you got to love that. Yeah, he doesn't have to move very far, too. He's going from Stanford down to Santa Clara. He's a big-time player. Let's take a listen to what Solomon Thomas is all about. <laughs> Solomon Thomas. 6'3", 273 pounds. Defensive end. Stanford. Thomas enters the draft after a 2016 season that saw him tally eight sacks and earn Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year honors. Thomas played all along the defensive line at Stanford, but that versatility concerns some in the NFL who aren't sure if he's long enough to play outside or big enough to play inside. What Thomas may lack in size, he makes up in athleticism and quickness. Thomas recorded 15 tackles for loss last season and is considered by many to be one of the top defensive end prospects in this year's draft. Travis, tell us about Solomon Thomas. Why do you love him so much as your favorite player in the draft and the best player that you would have taken? Look, I, to, to me, just you just watch his motor. He, he never quits. The conversations that I've had with him, and I'm not going to base everything off the law. I talked to this guy, but he, he is a smart dude. He is sharp. He works hard. He does the things that matter. He's got incredible footwork. He's a strong guy. And he is exactly the type of person and player that you want on your team. If you're trying to rebuild your defense, which is what the 49ers are trying to do right now, he is absolutely the guy that you want and you need in that spot. And not only to draft Solomon Thomas, but to get two extra additional picks in that situation, that's money. I love it. 
Going back really quickly, though, if I can go back and say one more thing about Trubisky. We, you knew at some point Bears fans were going to sour on Mike Glennon. Uh, is that what happened? And they, the Bears were just trying to save face? Dude didn't even play a game yet. Wow. I'm stunned. I didn't anticipate that. And the worst part is they're taking a very big risk, and they're mortgaging their future on a quarterback where they only saw play for 13 games in college, Trav. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, now, on the flip side, if Mitchell Trubisky turns out, to be the franchise guy who wins a lot of games, who is your starter for the next 10 years, then it's okay. Oh, yeah. But that's a big if. That is a big if, especially when you need a whole lot of other things. And you know what one of the biggest issues with, with Jay Cutler has been for years? They couldn't keep him upright. No. He was sacked a billion times in the last Injuries. years in Chicago. So now whether it's Mike Glennon who you just paid for a guy who had basically a half year as a starting quarterback before he drafted Jameis Winston because the Buccaneers didn't think he was good enough to be their starting quarterback. Whether it's him or Mitchell Trubisky, one of those guys, I think they'll both end up playing because whoever starts is going to end up getting sacked too many times and breaking a collarbone or something, getting Tony Romo'd. Neither one of those guys is going to have a lot of success with that offensive line. It's terrible. All right, at number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock. They've got a great young defense. They're trying to take that next step. What do you think they'll do here at number four? I don't think you need to add any more to that defense right now, considering what's available. I like Blake Bortles. I like some of the weapons on offense. O.J. Howard would actually be a really good fit, but I think it's too early to take him. Uh-huh. And, and you're not a big fan of take, necessarily taking a tight end at that in that position. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it, it really depends on what your other needs are. I don't think there's a huge glaring, we've got to take this guy on defense need for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If there was an offensive line, if there was a tackle or a guard here, I would say Jacksonville has to go there. So this is actually the one spot I think I I would be all right with seeing O.J. Howard go because he's the type of guy that can add another weapon to that offense. But Leonard Fournette is also a a really good fit. They have a ton of speed on that offense. Blake Bortles has a big arm. You know, I understand that a lot of the so you're not ready to give up on Bortles No, yet. I'm not. Okay. The last couple of years, he put up huge numbers. Part of the reason for that is because they were playing from behind and he had to throw 87 passes a game. But he's also a good quarterback with good weapons around him. I think adding a running back to that mix would make a lot of sense. All right, to recap what has happened so far in the NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns selected Miles Garrett, defensive end out of Texas A&M, at number one. And then the shock. Chicago dealt three draft picks, two from this year, one from next year, to the 49ers so they can move up one spot. Not to go defense, they select Mitch Trubisky, quarterback out of North Carolina. I, I am dumbfounded. I am absolutely <laughs> dumbfounded about that. I mean, that, that is in, insane. Solomon Thomas, the third player taken in the draft, he was selected by the 49ers who moved back one spot in that deal with the Bears. And Solomon Thomas, of course, gets to stay in the Bay Area after playing his college ball at Stanford. And now we're waiting to see what the Jacksonville Jaguars will do at number four. You know, Chad, here's another thing, too. Deshaun Watson said earlier today that uh, any team oh, looks like we, we get another pick Let's here. Let's head to the podium. Jacksonville selecting at number four. 
with the fourth pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Leonard Fournette, running back LSU. All right, there you go. Just what you said, yeah. Leonard Fournette. Why does that make sense for Jayville? Because they've got other weapons offensively. They've got a decent offensive line. I think they've got a lot of really good young players in defense. One of the positions that they had a big hole was running back. There's a reason why for the last three years people have been saying Jacksonville is going to be a breakout team, but they just haven't had quite enough to break out. I'm not saying this is the difference, but it could be. All right, let's take a listen to what Leonard Fournette is all about, running back out of LSU. Ah. Leonard Fournette, six foot, two hundred forty pounds, running back, LSU. Toss to Fournette, left side, looking for a hole. Fournette three turns on the Jets at the pin five into the end zone. Touchdown Tigers! There arguably isn't a player in this draft that's more used to being in the spotlight than Leonard Fournette. A star as soon as he set foot on campus his freshman season. Fournette earned All-American honors in 2015 in Baton Rouge. However, in his final season, the tailback dealt with ankle injuries, and now some reports say that Fournette doesn't love football. When on the field, Fournette has enough speed to elude linebackers and enough power to run over defensive backs. Fournette's stiff arm is of legend and likely was ready for the NFL a year ago. Some have compared him to the likes of Bo Jackson and Adrian Peterson, proving once again the spotlight will continue to shine on the 22-year-old product as he enters the NFL. All right, Leonard Fournette, big-time player. I just like him because... You can give him the ball a lot. He's strong. He's powerful. And like you said, he's kind of an old-school guy. He's a bruiser. Yeah, I think he is a really good fit for that team in that spot. They needed a lot of things, and that's that's something that, that, that will absolutely help that offense that could use another weapon from that position. All right, next up at number five, the Tennessee Titans. Now, Maybe. with what has happened with Trubisky, do you think the Titans will trade out of that spot for someone else looking to move up? Maybe the Broncos or somebody else looking to maybe I McCaffrey or something else? What do you expect here? This is really the key spot, right? A lot of teams yeah. looking to get up to number five before the Jets at six who were maybe thinking about Trubisky, and now they've got to reconsider what they might do. Right. Again, this this Freaking Bears. Yeah, th this comes down to what do the Titans want here? Do the Titans really want a wide receiver – or do they want a cornerback and would be willing to move down? At this point, if everybody was trying to get Trubisky, he's off the table. So does it matter? Are the Jets now going to draft Deshaun Watson, <laughs> who I think would be the right fit for that team anyway? And if that's the case, does somebody else want Deshaun Watson enough to jump up and trade up to number five to make that spot? Would you be okay? So if the Jets went Deshaun Watson at six, you'd be cool with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they need a lot of things, but they need a quarterback. Their defense has actually been pretty good the last couple of years. Their offensive line isn't terrible. Matt Forte has a little juice left in him. They lost Brandon Marshall, but they still have a couple of pieces on the outside. You've got to get a quarterback, and they don't have anybody that I would want to put on, you know, on my kids' team. I don't have kids, so there you go. All right, Travis, we're live from Big Al's in Vancouver. we still got some great prizes to give away. For people that want to come by. Yeah. DVDs, CDs, concert tickets as well. Yeah, we've got, we're just hanging out here up by the bar. We've got tickets to see New Kids on the Block. We've got tickets to see Seether. We've got tickets to see Sir Mix-a-Lot. We've got DVDs, movie passes, all kinds of stuff. We're going to be here for another 21 minutes chat.
and this stuff has got to go. All right, the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. We will have that pick for you when we come back. It's 539, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. The Rip City Drive NFL Draft Special, live from Big Al's in Vancouver. All right, 545. Hey, we're from Rip City Mornings. Today on the show, we talked a little NFL draft and NBA playoffs, but the highlight of the morning was Brenda Tracy's in-studio visit. Very timely, considering the stories that are out there in the sports world and the work she's doing across the country, getting the message out about sexual violence and how to set the expectation with the next generation of athletes. You can find out more about her message at brendatracy.com and check out the podcast for the interview. Tomorrow, Jake the Tailgater makes his triumphant return with a dish that is going to tantalize the taste buds and destroy Nigel's diet plan. Yeah, thanks. I think you fat shame me enough for one morning. We'll see you Friday at 6 a.m. Now let's get back to your Rip City Drive with Travis and another guy that worries about getting fat. Hi, Chad. It's true. I don't want to be middle-aged fat guy. 546, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad live from Big Al's in Vancouver. While we were away, the Tennessee Titans made their pick at number five. With the fifth pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Corey Davis, wide receiver, Western Michigan. All right, so there you go. The Tennessee Titans kept their pick, Travis. They take Corey Davis, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. What are your thoughts with this selection? You know, I, I personally, I would have gone Mike Williams here. I love Mike Williams out of Clemson, but Corey Davis is a really good wide receiver. He's big. He's almost 6'3". He's a strong guy. The, the, the biggest issue that people have had with him is that he's not a great route runner. And in the NFL, that matters, but yes. it's also something that can be coached. Yes. So if, if that's your biggest shortcoming, that's something you, you can work with. I'm, I, I was saying I like Mike Williams better, but it doesn't mean I, li- I don't like Corey Davis. I think him with Marcus Mariota together would be fantastic. Here's everything you need to know about Corey Davis, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. <laughs> Corey Davis, 6'3", 209 pounds. Wide receiver, Western Michigan. Davis wide to the right. Play fake, looks for Corey. Quick slant, Corey with a catch. Puts his hand on the ground, turns it up field. 10-5, touchdown! Despite playing at a small school from the Mid-American Conference, Davis was one of the main reasons the Broncos played in a New Year's Six Bowl last season. Davis has ideal size for a wide receiver and is a superb route runner. After receiving just one scholarship offer from an FBS school, Davis broke the college football record for the most career receiving yards, and his numbers didn't even drop when playing teams from Power 5 conferences. Even with his record-setting number, Davis had problems with drops and at times doesn't catch the ball with his hands. If Davis can improve on the most important part of being a receiver, and that's catching the ball. He'll be a solid contributor at the next level. All right, so with that selection by the Titans, Corey Davis, wide receiver out of Western Michigan at number five. That means the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are on the clock, Trav. They are, Chad. Before you get to that, I just saw something else. The Browns are reportedly trying to trade for Kirk Cousins, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media. So there you go. They already had RG3, who was ahead of Kirk Cousins in D.C. Now they're trying to get Kirk Cousins, who would jump RG3 again in Cleveland. Now, 
I, you and I were talking about this the other day. I mean, what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins, the quarterback? I think Kirk Cousins is <laughs> – sorry, you saw what I saw there. Uh, I, look, he, he's won games in, in big games. Though, think about it, the, the biggest games of his career. Playoffs at home against Green Bay, he was terrible. Last year, end of the season game against the Giants when the Giants are resting everybody, he was terrible. In big games, he has not played well, but he's still won a lot of games. And if I'm if I if you're asking for him or 15 other quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm taking Kirk Cousins. But is that enough to bring your franchise to the next level? Now, but what's the next level for the Browns? Not being embarrassing. <laughs> so if that's the next level, then having a guy like Kirk Cousins, even if it's a Band-Aid for a couple of years, I'll take it. But this must be the response to the fact that the Bears took Trubisky so the Browns didn't get oh, yeah. the quarterback they wanted. Of course it is. I mean, look, obviously he was the guy that, um, you know, the, the Browns wanted. There are other quarterbacks out there. Sometimes you don't get the guy you want, and it's okay. What makes the most sense for you at number six for the Jets? I think there are any number of ways they could go. I mean, I really think Deshaun Watson would make a lot of sense there. But they also need help in the secondary. Um, you know, uh, Marshawn Lattimore is still available here at number six. Wow. Jamal Adams is still available at number six. I get the last time. Those are good football players. They're really good football players. Look, the, the last time the Jets went secondary early, yeah. it was D. Milner. That didn't work out so well. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, you know, but a lot of mock drafts have them taken tight end, going O.J. Howard. Look, it, it's a position of need. There are a lot of positions of need on this team. I just don't I don't like the idea of taking Howard because you have so many good football players on the board. Look, your, your three biggest areas of need with the Jets are quarterback, offensive line, and probably tight end, right? Tight end is a position of need. A tight end is available. All right, let's head to the podium. The Jets selecting at number six. Here's Roger Goodell. With the sixth pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Jamal Adams, defensive back, LSU. See, well, you, you've got to like that move, right? That is a that is a steal for the New York Jets. That's a guy who a lot of people thought was going to go number two and could potentially have been the best defensive player in the draft. They need a lot of help. That wasn't necessarily as much of a need as some of the other spots, but I like that pick a lot for the Jets. Here's everything you need to know about Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jamal Adams, six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds, safety, LSU. Intercepted at the thirty-four. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. Adams was a five-star recruit when he got to LSU and leads as one of the better safeties to ever come out of Baton Rouge. The second-team All-American performer possesses a big athletic frame and was considered the leader of one of the best defenses in college football. Adams is great at stopping the run, rarely misses tackles, and his physical nature will translate easily to the NFL. A slow 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine may make some worry about covering downfield, but that's just a minor setback for one of the most complete players in the draft. All right, Jamal Adams. I mean, again, one of those, one of the best players in the draft. And the Jets, I just like it. Like we just talked about, don't go tight in there. Get one of the best players in the draft. And uh, Jamal Adams. Now, I think you and I defer a little bit. I, what I love about the safety position and addressing that and bringing in a player like that, Trav, is that now you've got a guy back there who will make you strong 
defensively straight up the middle. He's, he's an anchor, and the middle is so important, Chad. He is an anchor on defense. He is a terrific player. I mean, he can cover the entire field, and he can hit you right out of your shoes. And this is one of those situations where you're talking about value. Like, if, you, if there's a guy that you have number 10 and you're at 17, you probably take that guy. But two to six, there is an enormous amount of value picking a guy at number six who is potentially the number one or number two player on your draft board. That is, that is, I think, it, that's one of those, all right, he is the best player available. We're taking this guy. That, that pick makes so much sense for the Jets. I love it for them. All right, the Jets getting defensive with Adams, and now the San Diego, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> We're going to do that a lot, aren't we? Are now on the clock at number seven. They have a lot of needs. What do you think makes the most sense here for the Chargers? Uh, I think there are a number of ways you can go. I think Malik Hooker, who's still available, um, Marshawn Lattimore is still available at seven. That that would be a huge steal if Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, or Malik Hooker. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, they they, they could even go with uh, uh, with Jonathan Allen here at number seven. There are going to be some in seven, eight, nine, ten. There are going to be some money picks right here. All right, Trav. What a pleasure today, man. Great work on the draft. That's my man, Travis Demers. Big thanks to a Michael Shacker back in studio. Great work today. Shack was Shack. awesome today. And a big thanks to Big Al's in Vancouver. This is your place for the NFL draft and for sports. And we're going to be out here hanging out watching the draft. Thank you so much for your time today. Travis, I'll catch you tomorrow. Yes, sir. It's the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.